Hello and welcome to the Women of Illustration podcast today. We have special guest Donna Adi. She's kind of a big deal on the internet. You may have heard of her with almost 200,000 followers on Instagram. Not that numbers are important. You may have seen her work working with brands such as Puma, Vogue, Forbes, Aussie, Filter. And then she, you have Vogue twice, which is great. Vogue panel and Vogue press, different different folks. She works in the fashion industry. <laughs> you may have seen her work doing like, I'm trying to figure out the best way to describe your work. It's like cool, cutesy characters and doodles on top of model photography. Do you think that's a good way of saying it? Honest, I'll take it. I like that description. Okay. <laughs> I'm like cute, fun doodles on sexy fashionistas. <laughs> that's how you describe your work. And today's episode is, is all about something that I'm sure you guys are very interested as fellow illustrators, which is how to attract attract uh how to attract the exact kind of clients that you're looking for which i think you've done a really good job for and i think a lot of artists out there they're afraid of like niching down too much but i mean the dream is like create the kind of work that you wish existed and then get paid for it absolutely totally so tell me okay so let's hear the origin story so like how did you get started before you worked with any big clients um, so how I got started, it's a, it's a very long story, but the short version, which, uh, so I won't bore everybody is <laughs> I, I've been working in fashion for over 10 years, uh, for several different brands. I've had my own company twice in fashion where I was, you know, doing everything from designing and producing. Oh, that's quite uh, another. Yeah. Yeah. So I worked a lot in this industry, worked for other people, for big successful brands. And at some point, um, I kind of felt like it wasn't right for me anymore as much as I loved it it was not um fulfilling and I really wanted to break away and start doing something more in my form of creative which is art Mm -hmm. and that's kind of when I broke out to I quit my like nine to five job which was working for one of the biggest bridal designers in the world today and um started actually doing photography for fashion labels because something that I realized that I've been successful successful at in the past was like creating viral content for fashion labels. Um, so I started out with photography for fashion designers and I moved to like marketing, media, PR, just like kind of anything that someone would hire me for. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I found out throughout that one year of breaking away to start my own business that I wasn't really doing what I set out to do, which is to do my own creative um, outlet. Um, anyways, along the process, I started posting on my Instagram, just random photos of my sketches, like on images. And, mm-hmm. um, it started to take off a lot faster than my photography, which meant a lot to me because it's actually, you know, it was my art. People liked it. And that's really what I wanted to do. And never believed that, that you can get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and within the first few months, like I was already getting clients. I didn't know it was a business. I didn't think it would be a business. I didn't do it to make money. I really just did it because it was my creative outlet. And along the way, I just had to learn like how to monetize it. I'm not a foreigner to business. I've been managing businesses since I was 17. Um, so I was just about like figuring out what, what service I'm providing and what kind of business I am. And it, it took about um, a year to figure that out. And, you know, then three years down the line, I'm uh, speaking to you today and, you know, currently working a lot of uh, advertise camp- advertising campaigns in the fashion and beauty space. Damn, you're so yeah. fucking impressive, dude. Like you said so many things were like, okay, so you had all this fashion experience before and then you also take and I never even thought like, oh, you're 
So do you still take photos professionally or do you just do that for fun? Uh, yeah. Like so a, a lot of brands sometimes will hire me for full creative direction where it's like you come up with the concept, you shoot it, you edit it, you illustrate oh, over it. I had so I no did, idea. Yeah, yeah. So I did like the Puma slash Hello Kitty campaign for the release. I've done the Nike, the release of their new Air Max. Um, I've done a, a few like photo slash illustration campaigns. And sometimes I'll even, if someone doesn't want to hire me for photography, I'll do creative direction and guide their photographer of like what kind of image we want to compose for their campaign. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God. You're yeah. so cool. <laughs> so when we were first talking, like doing our little like bullshitty small chat before we got into, she said <laughs> I was cool. And I'm like, dude, you're the cool one. I don't know what the fuck. Like, yeah. You're really would... cool. No, yeah. you're cool. <laughs> I'll tell you what I like about you, which okay. I think is, it's, it's, I listen to a lot of artists podcasts and I watch a lot of people. I do like to see, you know, who's branding themselves as what. And I think what's really cool about you is that you're very unapologetically yourself. And I find that to be so important because I feel like people are so afraid of putting out an image that may not be cookie cutter for like business, but like, you're so funny and you're cool and you say whatever you want. And I, I find that to be, uh, what, what we need more in this world is just people not being afraid of being themselves, which I love a lot about you. Well, fuck. That's nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I think I do think that's important. I mean, the hardest part about being an artist is finding your voice. But a lot of us are so concerned about the style factor. And this is something I talk about to no end because it needs to be discussed more because I wish I would have known that as a kid especially like before going into art school, because I feel like they teach you the masters. You go through uh, so much work and effort of like, okay, I want to copy this person's style. I want to copy this person's style because you have to learn some way. You have to try everything until you know what you like. But then you're so worried about how things look that you're forgetting what your work is supposed to say. Mm-hmm. And like, Agreed. what's the point? <laughs> Agreed with you 100%. It took me forever to figure this out. Yeah. And it's just like, I think I would have gotten so much further in my career, not only as like an artist, but as a person, like I would have figured out my shit faster as like a human being. Mm-hmm. Um, if I just really thought like, what are my feelings? What are my opinions? What do I think about the world? Like, I think I would have like <laughs> just had a, a better awakening, like especially what's going on in the world now. So we're oh, recording wow. on June 11th. So going with the amazing and meaningful Black Lives, like, Black Lives Matter movement where so many white people fucked up, yeah. <laughs> myself included, uh, saying the wrong things, trying to help, uh, all the things. But like the fact that people are calling each other out for the better, the fact that we're there's protests in every fucking like whole 50 states plus the UK plus so many other places. It's like, wow, we're really fucking paying attention now. And that's mm. just so powerful. And so many artists, like because we're speaking of like you know, being opinionated and talking and finding your voice found their voice. I felt like a little bit in the past two weeks, like some people, they were silent for a while. Some people were muted. Um, yeah, a lot of people. (laughs) Um, and then finally being like, you know what? No, I want to make something for this. Even if I've never made any sort of activist kind of content before. And I think a lot of people were worried about being political, but obviously black lives matter isn't a political issue. It's a human rights issue. Um, and like, I love the piece that you made for George Floyd, Thank you. And that's something that I haven't seen in your work. I've never seen you do that, like any sort of activist. I mean, maybe you have, and I just I didn't scroll down. Very, I do it, but very little. It's not my main focus. But if something bothers me, I will put it out there. So you'll find maybe like five a year of like oh, okay in relation yeah. to something that's happening. 
What would be your advice to, I'm just curious because I want to hear your opinion. Uh, and this is something that I'm also thinking about as well. And we're going to talk about clients, guys. I just want to talk about all the things. <laughs> if you've ever listened to a podcast episode, you know we're going to be a little bit all over the place. That's just how it goes. Because um, I'm like meaningfulness in every nook and cranny of the conversation. Um, so what is your opinion on, so people, you know, uh, myself included, I'd say I'm not, even though I'm, I would consider myself a feminist and I fucking say feminist, like right in my profile for letter shop, I don't really talk about activism at all or politics for that matter. Um, and I feel like almost a calling to do it more mm-hmm. and like more like going out of my way to be a bit more consistent about it. Not that my content's going to change. I'm going to stop talking about mental health or body positivity or any of those things that are important to me, but I'm considering of being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to be more, uh, loud. I'm going to be a little bit more bold. Uh, what would what's your opinion on people thinking of go, going a little bit more forward with that kind of work and how they might be feeling nervous about it? Oh, well, okay. I feel very perplexed when thinking about this because on one hand, I feel like some people may now feel the pressure like, oh, I'm an artist or a content creator. So, and th- there are things happening in this world and therefore I should, you know, create content based off of it. And I also think that like, you don't have to, you know, because I think that, you know, whether or not you're affected, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a personal choice to decide that you want to make an influence or speak up on a matter because, um, a lot of the times, you know, you, you should also know what you're preaching. And I think it's very important when you are posting certain things, like not to make mistakes and say the wrong things just because it's trending online. I think that we do need to educate ourselves and do speak about things that matter and also, have a, a, you know, an educated or knowledgeable background on the topics. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it's great to stand up for something that matters. I think that, again, I I don't want anyone to feel like they have to do it, but I do think that um, to make a positive impact on the world is a very rewarding feeling. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's good to cause this like us, you know, circle of events to keep inspiring others to, you know, create positive things. So Mm -hmm. I'm for it, but I'm also very much for like, doing your homework at the same time when you have something to say, not just to do it because it's trending, but because you are passionate and, you know, and have something to debate with, with people and spread. I think that's, I mean, that you hit it on the head. Like a lot of people, what they're doing, how they're educating themselves right now um, on just unlearning, you know, systemic racism in our everyday life. That's a very fucking real thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not Instagrammable. And I remember seeing a quote somewhere there, like, like you can't show the movies that you're watching, the books that you're reading. Like I've been like nonstop listening to audible. Like I, like I, I, I've been like constantly reading while like trying to draw and and I've I've cried more than I've ever cried in the past two weeks, just like watching all the videos and just feeling so like shocked by something that I knew was always around, but now it just feels more real than ever. Mm -hmm. And I definitely was one of those people where like, Oh, you know, science is uh, silence is complacency. Um, and I wanted to jump the gun and talk about it because I felt like I had such a need to talk about without being educated first. And I made some serious fucking mistakes, very public mistakes, used the wrong wording, then had to come out uh, and uh, apologized. But I took too long to apologize. It was a whole thing. Um, and I think a lot of people fucking made that mistake in the last mm-hmm. two weeks. But I don't think that should deter you from not trying again, which is, you know, being like, I should maybe like read some more instead of just like copying and pasting quotes I find in the internet and like mm-hmm. making a piece about it with like a black hand and a white hand (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is what a lot of people did um 
So it's just like, I think it's important that whatever your voice is, whether you want to talk about activism or talk about how much you love eating cheeseburgers, um, yeah. <laughs> just really, you know, taking the time to experiment for yourself and not necessarily having to post everything that you're making while you're figuring that out. But then, you know, like I have this rule of my work, which I didn't follow last week, but normally is like, um, I have an idea for a piece. I essentially kind of create a collage for it. And then I wait a couple days, then I do the inking, wait a couple days, then I do the color because there's so many more touch points of like, is this the message I'm trying to get across? Also uh, from an artistic standpoint, you're like, did I make any fucking mistakes? Is anything misspelled? Which happens a lot. Um, but I think that's something that can help you when you start talking about some sensitive subjects, if someone's wanting to touch on it, but they're like nervous about putting themselves out there, like give yourself a couple breaks, I think might be another little tidbit. Um, man, we got so serious. It's yeah, like, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I'm also, I didn't I'm prepare also you to talk about this. I don't know. I'm, I'm also curious as an Instagram artist that you take that long to make a piece of content, like storyboard. Well, I, do it in, I do it in batches, I think is what speeds it up. So I work on three to four pieces at a time. So I'll do like four collages and then wait a day. Then I'll do four inks and then do the four colors in a day. So that way I can still, you know, consistently post uh, like two or three new pieces every single week while also like reposting original content. Like I feel like more artists need to get more comfortable repost. Like you spend so much time on it, like fucking repost it. You're talking um, about like reposting old content? Yeah. Oh, nice. Because you're engaged. Like my reasoning behind that is first of all, like you spent time on it, you should post it again. Also engagement rates on every social media platform, even email subscribers and newsletters are so low that not even a quarter of your following even saw the first time you posted it. Agreed, agreed. So like you could post it like literally six or seven times and still there's like people who totally haven't seen it. And then agree. also considering like what your growth rate is, more followers coming in and never seeing it. So like yeah. there's pieces of yours that I feel like are so pot like I've seen your work, uh, anything that has to do with hamburgers. The yeah. reason I use an example, <laughs> anything that has a hamburger in it, I see it like that just pops off. Like what would you say your most shared content is? Is the there a certain character, a certain theme, certain fashion icon? Um, well, as far as I think my most shared photo, it's like two, I guess, when Notre Dame uh, burned, I did a piece on it. And mm-hmm. that got shared, I think like, I think it was like, what, 8,000 or 10,000? I don't even, I have to look at the stats. It was insane. It got like a million, I, I have to look at it. It was like something crazy that I've never seen on my page before. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I was in Paris at the time when it happened and it was very sad. And I did something very close to like how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another one was, I guess, when Kobe Bryant passed away, I took that really hard and made a piece. And that also got like 50,000 likes and thousands of shares. Like I think like Gigi Hadid shared it and a lot of other celebrities. And it was a very, you know, mm-hmm. it was a piece that I felt like, I guess I felt like I wa- wanted to put that out. Cause that's how I was feeling mm-hmm. at the time. Isn't it interesting? Like I've experienced that too, where, um, if I make content, that's more of like relative to what's going on, regardless of what it's about, it just performs better. Always. It's like being a news channel sometimes. Which makes sense. Cause like, think of like the same, like a lot of the news, uh, news places. I was like, my, my brain just died. Like news platforms, uh, they'll just regurgitate the same headshots, the same photos over and over again, which essentially they're all talking about the same topic. So it's like, it makes sense. Then when an artist does it, everyone shares it. And then sometimes you'll get asked like, hey, can I feature this artwork talking about this topic? And then that, I'm not saying like, oh, talk about horrible shit in the world so you can get views. But I'm just saying like, I think that's something that I never really considered as an illustrator. Like, oh, let me like pay attention to what's happening in the world and then make art about it instead of always necessarily speaking from my own perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I also think that this goes also down in history, like one of the main forms of art after like the Renaissance and like biblical recordings, but like 
like our job as artists is also recording history and main events and you know a lot of people had their own biases or feelings that they you know um, expressed through the work so then I feel like it's it's a very similar style of expressing how you feel like what we're doing today as well of you know mm -hmm. how we perceive it and how we you know put it out there so I yeah. think that's kind of our job as creators as well like recording events or how we feel about them or our I don't know good or bad biases yeah that's kind of a cool way to think about it like hey your art's going down in history <laughs> uh, so. that's fucking special man yeah all right so everyone's very curious, I'm sure, to hear a little bit more about, because like, I just look at your work and I see like all these cool logos in your story highlights for your Instagram. And then I go to your portfolio and it's, it's all just, again, you're just so cool and it's so impressive. Um, and I'm sure people are like, okay, I'm jealous. Can we fucking steal your brain now and learn from you <laughs> <laughs> and get a glimpse of your success? Um, so I'm curious to see how, what made you focus on more of a fashion niche? Like how did, I mean... I know you had some experience, like you were already working in the industry, so it makes sense why you pivoted. But I think taking, you know, making these cute little doodles and these like cute little characters and, and interacting with fashion, that's something I necessarily wouldn't think would correlate. And yeah. So like, how did you come up with that concept? What made you want to focus on that specific niche? So this is something that I get asked a lot and I think it has to do with, and it's also a very conflicting feeling for me because it has a lot to do with being authentic to myself. For example, mm -hmm. I love looking at like watercolor artists and um, I don't know if you're familiar with like uh, Lois or Lewis, the artist, and I like to look at um, your art, for example. Like, there's a lot of artists I like to look at and I want to create or like children's books illustrators. I'm crazy mm -hmm. about that. Genuinely want to create art like that. I want to, you know, put it on my Instagram, but it's not authentic to who I am and my DNA as yeah. much as I love it. And I think that that's kind of, anyone who's seeking to pursue a career, like I think the biggest tip I can give you is being authentic to who you are and what message you have to say is one of the most important things. And I guess that also goes back to our conversation about, you know, imitators, people that imitate you or, or me, and not being able to get the DNA of my art because they're just copying and they don't understand like where it comes from. And so my work, it comes from a place where I, I've been sewing garments since I was like, 10 years old with a sewing machine at home. Um, I also studied a bit of fashion design. I studied animation, illustration. I worked in the business of fashion for years. I'm a trained photographer. Uh, there's a lot of different elements that is the reason why I am who I am today and why I produce the style of work I do. It's like all of that combined has mm -hmm. you know formed my work and that's also why I stick to fashion because it's the thing I know most like how to I know how to create garments therefore I can also um, politically correct make them you know there are a lot of things that sometimes people who've never um, studied fashion forget you know when it comes to folds or lighting or different fabrics that they're drawing and um, it just basically long story short is um, my work is very true to my background in several different topics like photography, um, business, advertising, fashion, and so on. Yeah, like the, the job was uniquely made for you because you are unique. <laughs> it kind of like, like feet, like your life experience created this perfect position for you. Exactly. But you, I mean, you did it for yourself. But like, they, I don't know, I think it's interesting that it feeds each other. And it's the same thing with my work as well. Like, I am a combat, like my work is my struggles, my interests, my values. Like if anytime I try to incorporate someone else's voice into my work, it's always so hard 
and it takes 10 times longer and it just doesn't feel like honest and it doesn't look good because like i i've done that too where i there's other things that i really want to draw but it's a lot more time consuming and the end result doesn't look good so i, I always have to go back to the same point of draw what you know best and develop in that direction as opposed to you know for for mm-hmm. me at least this is not how i feel like trying mm-hmm. to be somebody else right now which sometimes it's it's nice to try that because i've been doing what i'm doing for so long but I always have to go back and say, okay, you just have to develop your work and continue in your path as opposed to trying. You know, I get very excited and I see like comic book artists and, you know, the people who have like their own little characters of themselves, as I said, Mm -hmm. like, you know, Disney stuff. Like I always want to do it all, but I always have to remember like, you know, they're all different industries and you should always focus on, you know, what your natural talent is. And you can appreciate another artist without wanting to be like them. I know, but I, I always want to. Like, I, I know, always that, want to learn We from all everyone. do that. We all, I think we all do that. And like sometimes you'll see someone's work and it inspires like, oh, I've never even thought to make a piece like that, but thanks to this person, now I want to. And sometimes that can, you know, be a really good thing, especially if you take the time to interpret it yeah. instead of copy it. Then uh, I think 100%. something really powerful can happen and really exciting mm-hmm. when you just like lose time because you're just so fucking excited and you forget to pee and you forget to eat or drink water and then you finish and you put down your apple pencil and you're like <gasps> water and then you just like run to the bathroom like that's that's a that's what i live for is those kinds of moments of when inspiration strikes and you just go wow. crazy and like 12 hours have gone by oh it's um, nothing more amazing than that that's the, like really like the pure happiness for me yeah, it's that when everyone's like, art is my drug of choice. I'm like, weed and art, those are my drugs of choice. <laughs> I, they go together very well. Um, okay, so let's get into work stuff. So even though it's so it's so interesting because you have all this experience and things. So it's like it's not like you were you didn't have any connections. You were just starting. For, I mean, you definitely don't get me wrong. Like you built up your business to something really fucking cool. But I'm curious. I'm curious. Like once you got away from your day job, you quit. Um, and you're completely on your own. Like, I mean, were you working with your dream clients before you quit your job in terms of like doing your own creative thing? Like, how did that happen for you? So I guess what happened was I am a very passionate person. I work very hard. And when I was working for the last designer that I was working for, I really helped build her business in the same way that I've built uh, two prior businesses of my own before. Um, so like I, you know, was in charge of her social media and I was in charge of her PR and, um, her, you know, organizing the photo shoots abroad and the marketing online. And there was so much that I helped her succeed and pursue. Like I started there with like, she was in like three stores when I left, we were in like 30 stores. We were, Hmm. you know, dressing JLo and Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really, it was a really big achievement. But I remember when I walked away, and like I think we hit like a million point two followers, and we, when I started, we were at fifty thousand. So it was just like, I was there for two and a half years. I accomplished a lot on my own there. But I remember that when I left, I left with nothing. And I remember I got like a lot of like anxiety about that and felt really like shit because. I worked my fucking ass off and I treated it like it was my business and I did everything and I walked away with nothing. And I just, I don't, I don't remember ever feeling so low in my life of like, wait, when I quit this job, I, I, I have nothing to like, I don't have like a high, you know, a, a higher mm-hmm. like percentage of income. I don't have the, mm-hmm. you know, like everything was just like, okay, now I have to start all over again. And now, for example, when you're building your own brand, whether I choose to develop somewhere else, I'm not ever going to walk away with nothing. You know, I've made money on my own. Everything that I've done for myself 
it's like I've, you know, I've been able to enjoy the fruits of my labor. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah. So did I answer your question, by the way? I don't know why. Not yet, stuff. but I'm okay. excited for it. Okay. 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 <laughs> like landing your, your first dream client. So like, that's interesting to hear though. Cause I think, you know, when I first asked you like, oh, how'd you get started in illustration? Um, like the fact that you didn't, there was no income, like, yes, your experience, that's always something that you can take with you, but oh, yeah. just that, that complete fucking holy shit. What have I done? Oh, yeah, <laughs> what am yeah, I going to yeah. do with my life? Like, what do I want? So like, let's, oh, yeah. so let's talk about that experience. Like, okay, you're at square one again. Yeah. I quit on impulse. Totally. You, really oh, you dumb. did? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. Okay. So you, didn't, you weren't <laughs> really even like dumb. planning it for months. No, oh, no, no. Shit. no. I okay. just like, I got, I got like something happened with my boss that pissed me off. I'm like, you know what? I'm leaving. And so I like left. And then I was like, wait. Dramatic exit. Yeah. Right. And I was like, that was like really stupid. I should have like planned something after. <laughs> but that's also kind of how I am. I'm very impulsive. And I think that's why I, 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 I attribute my success to that. But um. Yeah, I pieced out, and <laughs> and and then I started my own thing, and I'm very grateful for it. Okay, I'm so I'm so interested. Okay, start your own thing. Break it down for me. What so, were the steps that you took? So start my own thing was first of all, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I was like, I'm just going to do whatever I'm good at and figure it out. So I started knocking on doors at other designers, and I was like, I'm just going to start a business where I raise local designers on an international scale, kind of like what I did for that one designer, but I'll do it for many and kind of start an agency of my own. Um, So kind of just like whatever they needed. Someone needed me to shoot a campaign or they needed me to, I don't know, build their website or they needed me to um, help them with their PR and get like, you know, product placement. Um, So Mm -hmm. kind of just anything I could do. And I remember there were a lot of things that I had no experience in. And this is also... um, the style of person that I am like I think that there was one where I I shot fashion but I met a jewelry designer and they're like we need someone to shoot product for jewelry I was like oh yeah I could do that no problem then I realized that (laughs) it's macro photography and it's a whole fucking different world Uh, Mm -hmm. so I figured that out on the job and I just kept developing Um, and you know as I said eventually throughout this process of like doing this work I was also very successful had a lot of clients at the time Um, but yeah, then I just started drawing on my photos and at some point, like throughout, like as it started to pick up, I also just decided I'm not working for anyone else but myself. And that was it. Oh, so like, so how did, so, okay. So I'm so like interested and excited and I feel like I have to pee, but I don't, Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) because I'm so interested in this fucking story. Okay. So. Um, so you were doing, you're working with these other clients. It was like freelance style. You yeah. weren't like in-house. Okay. Um, and you're just like learning all these things in the job. You drawing on photos. Was that like a hobby at first or were you asked ever to do that? And then that's how you got started in it. Total hobby. Like I think the first, okay. yeah, the first piece I drew was just like something random when I was in Sweden and posted mm-hmm. it and I was in love with it. It was like the best high I ever got, which is weird. <laughs> um, but yeah. Creating just- something that's never existed before. <laughs> It's very fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, really enjoy it. It was so much fun. And I, uh, yeah, and I just kept going because they really, really loved to do it. Like, loved mm-hmm. it. Um, I just kept going. And then, like, I remember I got my first client was this random, like, shoe company. And I I remember I, I didn't even know how to price it. Like, I, I had no <laughs> idea what I, you want to pay for this. You know, it was weird. Um, but I remember I, I took like a very low fee and I didn't know anything about what I was doing, had no clue. And then like, the next big thing that came in was, this is like three months in, four months in, uh, Jay Balvin's manager, which I love him so much and I can't believe it happened to me, but he called 
uh, not he, the manager called and asked for um, his, me to do his album cover. And I think that's the point where I realized I need to get my shit together because this clearly couldn't be something. And like that, that was the moment for me where I realized, okay, let's start building a business. So it was like, hey, I'm going to draw this fashion thing and then you got an album cover? Is that, yeah. is, was it really like? I, I didn't end up getting the album cover because I wasn't, oh. I didn't, I wasn't equipped at the time. And that's, oh, that see. was my so, wake up call. the offer came. The offer came and they really wanted me, but I wasn't equipped. I think what happened was is I didn't know how to price myself. So I was stalling and the woman followed oh. up at least 10 times to get oh, no. this, to get this album <laughs> cover done. And I, at the same time, I know this is really dumb, but I was getting my tonsils removed, so I was also in surgery. I mean, that's and, a legit excuse. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but I, I hate excuses. But, like, I was kind of, like, stalling because I needed to ask other people, like, well, how, do, how do you price art? Like, what is it? Like, is it hourly? Like, what do you do? Um, and it was, like, you know, I just didn't know what to do. Anyway, I ended, I ended up <laughs> losing it because I wasn't responsive, and that's totally fair. But just mm-hmm. the fact that it happened and the eagerness of the manager to get me on board with it was just mm-hmm. like a major wake-up call. I'm like, this is never going to happen again to me. Like, I'm going to get my shit mm-hmm. together and build a business. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so once you started getting – so, okay. So you fucked up that project. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We've all done that. Like I, so. <laughs> I, I always like to tell the story. Like when I first got into hen lettering, um, I literally started an Indiegogo campaign because Kickstarter wouldn't approve of my, of my campaign. Oh. So that's why I went to Indiegogo. They're like, Oh, we, this doesn't make sense. I'm like, okay. And I offered like $20 logos. Like I was that person. Amazing. Um, I came from a graphic design, uh, background I always wanted to be an illustrator but like everyone's like you can't be an illustrator second best graphic designer like it was just that kind of vibe yeah um and I'm like okay I really like lettering and they're like oh lettering logo design they go perfectly hand in hand I'd like that was like the only thing I could think of for lettering at the time I didn't have any experience so I didn't feel like I could charge a lot of money and it wasn't necessarily like oh I was valuing myself as an artist it was more of just like I just want experience I just want to know what it's like to do this and so I did it I ended up doing like 30 logos in like three months or something like it was a little intense and not all of them came out good (laughs) like a lot of them weren't good but a few of them at the end got really good and then it it was a really good learning experience for me and i'm glad that i did it and so it's like i think when artists are starting out we all have that like oh i went on craigslist and i searched for gigs or i did free stuff for friends and family it's like it all gets us there yeah as long as you're not still doing it like after you've been doing doing this for like years then i'm like okay now you're just getting taken advantage of but there's a place for that kind of experience that i think is really valuable especially like you had all this crazy experience working with different industries but you hopped into a completely new industry of course you're going to be like well fuck i don't know what to charge i don't know what to do i've never done this before yeah no idea That's so interesting to hear from your perspective because I feel like most people, uh, like let's say they're just focusing on illustration, they don't have any sort of relevant experience because like photography, I, I mean, obviously different, completely different things, but they, they have a lot more things in common than like accounting or like, mm-hmm. you know, like working in sales at like the mall or like, so people don't have as many of those connections or correlations with the, what they're doing. But so yeah. to, just to hear that you still kind of like fell on your ass makes me feel so much better <laughs> that yeah. I fell on my ass too. Yeah, I know I fell on my ass really hard. And also like you have to think I was working like my last real job was in the bridal industry. So although I got into into stores around the world and I was able like working with, uh, you know, stylists or, you know, it wasn't the same business model. It was just like, I think it was the diligence, the discipline and like the 
how to communicate, like learning professional communication yeah. mm-hmm. and, how, you know, stuff like that was something I was able to pass down. But everything else was clean slate. I, I couldn't take it with me because who the fuck cares about bridal when you're working, in, you know, like <laughs> this comic-y style, even though they're, uh, they're designing my wedding dress and I'm also doing a collab with them soon. So that's exciting. <laughs> oh, really? That's a yeah. full circle. Yeah. Um, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So. What what would you say was like your first dream client? First dream client? Whoa, that's a good question. I don't know. Let me think. First dream client? I guess like, what do you mean when you say first dream client? Like uh, someone that you're like, holy shit, I've heard of this brand before. I'm so excited to work with them. It, like, I feel like I've made it dream client. Uh, I don't know. Okay, I feel like I made it. it. This wasn't I feel like I made it moment, but this was like a freaked out moment uh, was the Met Gala last year. Oh, my God. Yeah. And that <laughs> one, I, I freaked out just because uh, coming from my background and, you know, growing up in L.A., like and seeing all of this stuff and getting to be a part of it and also the kind of celebrities that I got to work on. It was very exciting. And again, I, I really try not to talk about materialistic, superficial things, but that was really fucking exciting. <laughs> I mean, you fucking drew on the Kardashians, bro. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. You made like uh, Kim all drippy, and I mean, she's always—I feel like she's always dripping sex. You know, she yeah. paid a lot of money to drip sex. Um, yeah. But like, you made it just like a thousand times cooler. And then like that one with like Kylie and Kendall. I know all of them. I watched yeah. the Kardashians. Shut up. <laughs> I love yeah. that goddamn show. I, I don't want them to ever cancel it. I've watched every spinoff. Um, yeah. Anyways, I, I, well, I actually I didn't. That wasn't the work I was hired for. I, I did. A, I worked with Michael Kors for their oh. Met Gala appearances. So like that was oh, my cool, job, cool, cool. and that was like for me just just a peak for me of just I I was just in utter happiness then. Oh man, that's so cool. Okay, so like, huh, huh. All right. <laughs> <sighs> what would you say is like? the takeoff point in terms of like, hey, I'm making consistent money doing this kind of work, like illustrations, like your style. When was it? Yeah, like how long were you, like would you say classify yourself as an illustrator when you felt like things were taking off consistently and how long ago was that? It was end of 2017 was when, that was when I started to make, I've been fully booked for the last, I think two and a half years um so the end of 2007 is when it started to actually happen for me and mm-hmm. it's from that point I have never had a month without work which is damn. really crazy yeah damn woman and so how long were you illustrating when you when when 2017 came up um well at the time before let's say end of 2017 I was getting like a lot of personal clients like can you design my wedding photo can you draw my yeah. me and my dog portrait on a couch you know, like, stuff <laughs> yeah. like that and like I didn't care because like, I again I didn't know what I was doing I was just like taking whatever would come my way and it was really exciting um but yeah I was working consistently then but it was like more small scale I got a few rando jobs like for companies um you know travel agencies stuff like that um but yeah, that's kind of like when it started. It was like I got, I booked my first real gig with Nordstrom, um, and then and then it like then I did want something with Twenty Fourth Century Fox for the Love Simon movie, um, and then oh, yeah. Dior, and it just started to unravel from there. Okay, that wasn't that long ago. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. It's, I had a couple friends who did uh, who were part of that movie as well, so I'm like, whoa, I remember that. Yeah, um, it was fun. Okay, cool. So I'm still trying to get like a timeline in my brain just because other people are like, how long do I need to be like, not that anyone should compare anyone else's journey because I feel like it took me a long time. Like I'm in year 10 
Oh, you're in your 10? But you <laughs> yeah, probably did. didn't start out doing then what you're doing now. No. So it was like, I, I, I'd like to start it from like 2010 when I graduated from college. And I worked at Disney for a minute and then Universal Studios. Um, wow, you're young. That, those, they weren't, it doesn't sound, it's not glamorous at all. I, I was doing the shittiest work of my career when I worked at those companies. Uh, I was like regurgitating content and making brochures. Um, <laughs> so I just, when I say that, I'm like, I was like, ooh, did you do, I'm like, no, I didn't do anything fun. It was all graphic design. I, did, I didn't draw anything. Uh, I, did, I made like a really shitty logo for a softball team. Mm. Like, <laughs> Because of for ESPN, but that was it. Um, not 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 the coolest job. But anyways, uh, and then I don't think I actually started drawing drawing until uh, 2013, where I started. That's when I like started my Instagram for Letter Shop. It was called Logo Juice originally. Um, Ooh. So, yeah, because I was all about the logos, man. Any yoga campaign, <laughs> Logo I Juice, see. and uh, my boyfriend made me help me. Like you could still find the original commercial we put on Indiegogo on YouTube if you type logo juice indiegogo dina rodriguez you'll find it and it's like a hundred logos in a hundred days and like really silly infographics because i you know took animation classes and stuff like all the things um but yeah so it's just like how many years or months or what was so like you quit your job you eventually started to do illustration day one illustration to i'm making consistent money from illustration how long do you think that so i quit my job in 2015 in i think it was november and mm-hmm. 2015 and then I was like for that one year working on like the campaigns as I said like anything that I can get hired for I took kind of mm-hmm. like an agency and yeah. then I started drawing on photos end of 2016 and posting it online okay. uh, and I think 2017 is kind of like when I started to become like an not an influencer because that's not what I ever was but it was like <laughs> Like people started to follow me at a higher rate and like like mm-hmm. my photos and repost them. So 2000, from t- beginning of 2017 until the end is like when I started to become like somebody on Instagram that you would, I don't know, share online or repost their artwork or, you know, mm-hmm. tell your friends yeah. about. Has your style, okay, that's that's pretty much what I thought, but I want, I just, I'm just trying to get a timeline for the peeps that are like writing this shit down. Like, okay, one year and then I did this. Um, but there, there is no uh, one direct path, you know? Like, I, I mean, you know this, but I'm just saying for anyone listening, like, it, as I said, it could take 10 years. Like, it took for you. It, there's, mm-hmm. there are artists that I know started, like, you know, after three weeks went viral on online yeah. and, like, or have 5 million followers. Like, I actually know a guy from Israel who, um, you know, started out a new trend. It was like couples photos. And I think within like three months, he went completely viral and has like 5 million, went from like 3,000 to 5 million. <laughs> so like it happens. No, for sure. And it's, uh, I think I've finally reached a point in my career where I've, I've stopped getting jealous of those stories. And I'm just like, I just respect them. I'm just like, holy shit. Mm. Like no matter what way you landed success, like you, I feel like every person earned it. Like Interesting. you earned it in your own fucking way, whether you got like a little bit of luck was played into it. Doesn't mean that you just did nothing. It's not like you started Instagram and nothing happened. Like you put the work out there, you posted, you were consistent, you built an audience like that. That shit takes fucking work as someone who has several Instagrams and things like it's like I have a team of five people now. So it's just like it's not just me doing all this shit. Like I'm oh, not as impressive. As, already? I have That's a team amazing. of people like in house. Yeah, um, well, the only in-house one is my lover, um, oh. is Rick. Uh, he <laughs> handles like posting consistently to women of illustration. Cause we post six times a day. 
and that's quite a lot of work. I still curate it, but he's the one that's like doing the hashtag research, getting it on there. And he also mm. does all the customer support because he's just really nice. He's just really well suited for that kind of work. And then he also does uh, video editing and audio engineering, um, which is what he went to school for because we went to the same college. So he makes this pot, you know, this podcast sounds super sexy. Thank you, Rick. Um, <laughs> and then I have I recently hired uh three interns so i have a social media intern a design assistant intern and then also a um what's the third person i'm so sorry my brain just (laughs) broke what do you do oh of course a model manager because i have an ambassador program for my apparel brand um and then now we're going to be we're looking for a a, another freelance person which i'm looking to hire an activist writer because i need i really feel uh I, d- I just feel called a little bit to make more activist artwork. And I've already been the kind of person who's not afraid to speak her opinion, like the compliment you gave me so kindly earlier. Um, and <laughs> But I, I also need help in that area. And I'm not going to just think I could just do it on my own. I think if I had another voice to kind of pitch in and help me, not only writing better captions, but helping me come up with better quotes and things, I think that would be really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm actively looking for someone uh, for that role. So if anyone... The, if anyone's hearing this and you're, you're like activist writer yes please <laughs> I, I mean i just think it's very uh smart of you to start delegating tasks i think it's for every person that has a business getting to that point it takes a lot of time and you know you have to know what it, you can't you have to also know what you're hiring them for and i think it's very cool that you're that you're there you, yeah i'm so happy I, I can't believe i was doing this all by myself like a year ago yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of like where I'm at, where I really want to stop doing everything by myself all the time. So mm-hmm. I really, I really think it's awesome. And I, you know, I really commend the people that have been able to build a business under themselves and not only just be an artist, but also manage all of these teams. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but also like, we all wanted to be artists so that way we could draw for a living. But obviously, mm-hmm. when you run your own business, there's so many other aspects that you have to take care of. So it's like I'm hiring people so I could actually be the artist. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you ever find yourself? Um, so this is something that I have been feeling lately, and I'm working on it. But like sometimes I'm managing such a big business that I am no longer an artist anymore. Like I feel like I'm man- doing more business management than I am drawing, and it's totally. something that I feel like. This is not what I set out to do. I quit my business job to be an artist. So <laughs> I, th- I think that's why you're doing what you're doing, which is a lot smarter. Mm-hmm. And like, I've never, uh, like I've always worked with freelancers and I've hired illustrators and stuff before, but nef- nothing consistent. And that's why I decided to start with like internships first is like a, you know, like dip my little pinky toe. I'm like, oh, what is it like hiring people? <laughs> um, and they all are like aware, like, okay, this works out. Like I'd love for this to be an ongoing freelance position. Like that would be really cool. Um, and uh, they have might you say had on. interns before? I did, but it was a little, it was more of like a mentorship program than an internship because uh-huh. it was unpaid before. Uh, okay. And they were very, uh, hard, like not everyone follows these rules of unpaid interns, but when you don't pay an intern, they technically cannot help you do anything that makes money. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so like, you can not allowed to do that. It's not, it's not, you can't do it. In different countries, it might be different, but at least in the (laughs) States. Um, So like I had, uh, because I was teaching at a college like a year or two ago, and I had two interns that would would help with things. Um, And also they had like a big project at the end. It was like for, it was like for college credit. So this one's a bit different because technically not, I don't think one of the interns is actually wants college credit. They just want the experience and then also all of all three of them are artists as well so there is quite a bit of coaching involved too but anyways um yeah so delegation highly recommend if you if you notice like hey i'm getting consistent income from this uh, I, I it it paid for itself immediately 
Like I was so worried, like, oh shit, am I gonna be able to pay these people? Uh, it, it immediately, it, it made a huge difference. That's so. amazing, amazing. You should, everyone could, you should consider. And also freelance, like, like, hey, just, just do a contract one month. Let's see what happens. Well, like, I'll tell you what, like I've hired before and I've also had interns, but I sometimes have found it to be more work to manage somebody than just do it myself. And obviously it's a long-term investment and you have to like invest in it, but it is also a lot of work to, you know, bring people on board and, and manage and oversee what they're doing as well. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely like, I have to let go a little bit because there's certain, I find myself like, oh, I'll just edit the photo myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, well, no, deal. stop it. Story of my life. Story of my like, life. Just be I like, the same just, thing. You got to do more rounds of revisions. You, you know, just like, hey, I really appreciate if you do this. Well, you you know, you added too much contrast, like, because it's only helping them understand what you're looking for. Because teaching someone your taste, and I feel like that's a lot of what goes into when you work for an artist, is really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, understanding brand voice is a lot easier, especially for like social media mar- like managers and things like that. But when it's like a design assistant or any sort of creative role, like I, it's going to take, it's going to take a, a grace period of fucking up. And I think that's completely normal, but I'm happy to say that everyone that I've hired, uh, that's still on is doing such an insane job. And that's like wonderful. my one design intern, she's literally coloring my work for me and she's doing a better job than me. Yay. That's always the goal <laughs> is to find someone that's like, better than you. Yeah, and people are like, oh, wow, Dini, your work's really looking good lately. I'm like, yeah, it's because of Marley Makes Marley. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Like, shout out to Marley Makes Things on Instagram. Um, Amen. That's amazing. Give her a shout. Everyone go follow her. She's she's a badass illustrator, uh, even though she doesn't really illustrate that much. She does mostly lettering. So give her – I'm hoping she'll do some more. Maybe this and, will and give her some more confidence. Good for you for also um, – like lifting these people up. Cause I feel like a lot of people, and I've seen this in fashion, especially, especially in fashion that they, like let's say you have an intern or an assistant, they always want to hide who's behind it. Cause they feel this form of competition or that they might steal things from them. So I, I think in the art world, we're a lot more open about sharing and being supportive and not worrying or being threatened by people that are in the business. No. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to make like a little cute little about page all their little cute little faces <laughs> like this Amazing. is my team and like this is marley and this is what her favorite ice cream is like i just want to do like cute shit like that i've always wanted to do something like that would be really fun um especially when we can get a freelance writer that'd be really cool yes. but anyways back to this always happens <laughs> i get distracted um okay everyone's like okay dina can we get to the making money part all right okay so i think but it all of this feeds each other because i feel like uh regardless if you're just like a, what I say like a baby illustrator and you're just not getting into the thing I'm hoping that one day you will be successful that's the hope right and then one day you'll be so busy that you'll need to hire people so maybe some of this other information is also kind of maybe help you point in that direction because it definitely took me a little bit too long to be like okay I'm finally gonna just fucking hire people because I'm going crazy I'm gaining weight because I'm, I'm literally not moving because I'm working 15 mm-hmm. hour days like this mm-hmm. is I, I don't want to have diabetes like let's make a change um yeah and it was a very – for my mental health and physical health for sure. Um, all right. So attracting clients using social media. Like as someone who – like I've taken a break from social media before and it was a direct correlation of like, hey, less sales, hey, less client inquiries. Like it, it's important. Wait. You, you're saying that when you take a break from social media, you get less inquiries? Yes. Interesting. 100%. Um, even if I take a break for like – you know, uh, a day or two, or I'm, I go from like seven posts to four posts because, you know, a uh, family drama or something like that. Yeah. A week. Um, especially it might not be so heavily correlated when you're working with clients, but for, certainly for like the consumer market, 
for selling products, oh yeah. We'll have like, hey, I'm getting a consistent like couple thousand dollars in sales every day to like you had two sales today. Wow. I didn't know that like for for me it hasn't been that way, but like that's also very interesting to see. I do I do notice like a shift, but that's interesting mm-hmm. to hear from you. Yeah, it's it's what I've noticed. Uh, I keep I keep trying different things because I'm like, okay, do I have to post every day? Like, what if I post less? I'm just like, I'm always beta testing new things. How do you feel so about posting bored. every day? Um, I think it depends on the size of your audience. Um, mm-hmm. If you have a lot of fucking followers, I think posting every day is a really really good idea. But also, yeah. like look at your analytics. Like most people, they don't get a good engagement on Saturday and Sunday. So if you want to just post Monday through Friday, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're just starting out. And you only have like, let's say a couple thousand followers. I don't think it's necessary because what you're doing is you don't have a big enough audience where you're hitting these certain kinds of what's called engagement points, um, like points of hierarchy of how much engagement you can get per post. And also when you're starting out, you're going to get the most engagement you're ever going to get. The more followers, less engagement. That's just how it works. It would be very weird for me to have like 20% engagement for a woman of illustration that has like 600,000 followers. That would be crazy. Uh, I'm lucky to get 2%, to be honest. Wow. Um, Interesting. So it's just like something to keep in mind. So when you first get started, you really only need to be posting, I think, in my opinion, like three times a week, like once every other day, like mm-hmm. and then take you know a, a day off or two days off for the weekend. Um, and then as you grow, then you can start like posting a little bit more consistently because it's always best to ramp up than to ramp down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed with you 100%. Yeah. So it's just a, and also like I, I've heard rumors um especially in the art world like you want to give uh and this is something i've tested myself um sometimes it's best to give your post a day and a half before you add another post so it can get a full cycle because sometimes it'll get interrupted with the new post and that uh, older post won't get as much traction a day and a half i post you i'm now actually took a break from posting which i'll eventually get back to i think starting next week but um yeah you post a day, because I usually post every day at my 8 p.m. or 7 8 mm-hmm. p.m. every day. So it's like a day usually in, in between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I think everyone's a little bit different according to their analytics and where their their people are at in terms of time zones. But that's mm-hmm. what I've heard. And I tried it. And what I thought was interesting, what I've discovered from all these different tests is uh, you can't have both. You can't have lots of sales and lots of engagement. You have to choose. Because people what do you mean, are between what? A sales or engagement. So like, let me uh, explain a little bit to make okay. myself a little bit more clear. Um, so people are only likely to take one or two actions per post. So as someone who has a shop, I don't care about likes. I don't care about comments because it's very unlikely that someone's going to like, comment, then go to my profile, then click the link in my bio and then buy something. Because mm-hmm. I want to create what's called an impulse buy. So they see the post, they probably won't even like it, they probably won't even comment, but they'll go to my profile and buy something that mm-hmm. is much more valuable to me than engagement. But engagement can help more people see that post and help with followers. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's hard to get both because if you're posting more consistently, more often, your engagement's going to go down a little bit because the posts are being interrupted, but you're going to get more clicks because yeah. you're getting, you're getting more profile views. So it's just like, which one do you want? You cannot have both. Um, so it's just like, I'm having a harder time f- deciphering that. Um, so it's like, when I post a lot, I get more sales. When I post less, I get more followers. It's like, interesting. I don't know how to get both. I'm still figuring it out. When I figure it out, I'll let you guys know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like, uh, do you get more followers because people are sharing your content? 
Um, well, because I think the kinds of things that I'm posting, like I'm not always posting static art. Static art will always get shared more than um, you showing the process of that art clearly or anything with your face in it or a product. Mm -hmm. If anything looks like an ad, it's not going to get shared a lot. So like I know now that it, my uh, if I'm looking in terms for sale and engagement, it's much better if I show the final art and then in a slider show that art on a product. It will perform better and I'll get sales versus just showing like a flat lay of a t-shirt. Oh, uh, okay. That's what you're talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So it's just like, that's how it, because like no one's going to, you're not, you're just not going to get as many shares in the t-shirt than you are the final artwork. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. Um, even though it's the fucking art, just on a t-shirt. It's a whole thing. Even if I use like a shirt texture and it's just a super close up of a shirt, still won't, still won't perform as well. So it's just like, okay, there's something I've learned. Now when it comes to client work, um, I think it's a little bit all over the place. I think uh, sometimes you, especially in the beginning, I think it's important to show product mockups and things of your work. So uh, clients fully understand the use cases that are involved with your work. Because like most clients, especially if you're not necessarily working with art directors, but maybe working with small business owners who aren't as well versed in the art community, um, they don't fully understand that you can illustrate anything for any reason for any service. But if I'm looking at two portfolios and I'm looking for someone to design a T-shirt and one per and they're both equally talented, one person has a you know a slideshow or a, a gallery of images of really great work, and the other person has a gallery of work but also includes mock-ups of T-shirts, who am I most likely to contact? Yeah, I also think that like as you're saying, it's like people who are looking at their advertising something too much. It kind of you know it, it doesn't mm -hmm. they don't have the inclination to want to see more because they feel like you're pushing something against them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like marketers that will say like, oh, the 80-20 rule, like 80% of your content should be free mm -hmm. uh, and not promoting anything where that people feel comfortable and can trust you to pay you for your content. Interesting. You know, um, that's so interesting because I don't sell anything on my content. <laughs> nothing. There's nothing to be sold. That's why it's so. I'm so interested in talking to wow. you. Wow. I honestly listen. That's really cool because you have a different business model than I do. So that's for sure. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so for client work, so that's why I'm like, oh, I want to pick your brain, um, <laughs> because like my follow, I mean, my followers and people listen to this podcast, like I've said all this shit plenty of times. Cause I'm like, it's still, again, I wish I knew that getting into it when it comes to client work, I've always done pretty well with getting clients, but it's never been like, Ooh, this is like, Oh, this is really great. I will say when I started doing cannabis work, I got a shit ton of cl cannabis clients. Oh, like I'm doing, I did which has one. been really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Did you uh, did you enjoy it? That was my first, well, one of my first clients in 2006, 17 when I started in the beginning of the year. That was one of my first mm -hmm. clients. It was a cannabis company. Oh, yeah, and they, cool. they were my they were my first long term contract where like I was signed oh. on a, a retainer for a few months, which was really fun. That's cool. Yeah, it was where it's I got retainer weed clients. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Weed people are cool. Yeah, um, especially the professional ones. Not people like you know, I'm not gonna get into it. Um, <laughs> like I'm not gonna talk bad about anybody. But yeah, I love the cannabis community. They're so fucking sick. Um, okay, so attracting clients with social media. What do you think has been so? What What are your tidbits on getting clients and attracting them to your work because of social? Getting clients and attracting them to my work because of social. So mm -hmm. that's a great question, and I feel like there are different <laughs> answers that I can have for it. So I'll just like pick whatever feels right. So okay. I think that it's very important, first of all, to do the kind of art that you want to get hired for. For example, like I guess what I said before, people who have like, you know, their comic books or, you know, you and your t-shirts and you, I mean, you have so many different businesses, but like that's kind of what people are going to hire you to do. Like no one is going mm -hmm. to hire me to draw 
I don't know, cars and trucks for maybe they would actually. I got recently. I was going to say that. Yeah. Like, maybe they would. <laughs> I, I just I just got an inquiry from a big car company actually never mind um let me think like people wouldn't hire me wow this is not good uh people wouldn't you can't hire think me. of an example <laughs> okay no one would hire me to do watercolor art let's say okay there that's we go. a good example okay. like, no one would hire mm-hmm. me to do I don't know a watercolor piece for their wall because that's not what I do so I think that's step one is start making content that you want to be hired for so whether it is uh, to sell, you know, style of print, watercolor, oil paintings, acrylic, work on your style of art, put it out there. And I think that the first thing that is really important is don't be so selective in the beginning. That's my personal opinion. You don't have to take it. But I know there are a lot of people that think they're too good to take certain work and it's the beginning and you definitely mm-hmm. should take the opportunity to make a lot of mistakes because that's what happens in the beginning. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like I, I mean... I burned out a lot in the beginning because I was very eager and I would even do things for free <laughs> for exposure, which was, it took, it took a big toll on me and my confidence as a person when people are throwing that in my face as if like I have to be excited for the exposure, but I was unfortunately. Um, but you know, that, that's something where I do think it, that helped me a lot. Like I did a lot of like free jobs or, you know, exchanges with people just to like figure it out. And I think mm-hmm. as I started to do that, I started to gain my confidence. I started to learn my system. And, you know, th- then you get repeat clients or word of mouth or like, I think one of my jobs, the shoe company, I posted online, people saw that like, oh, I can hire her to do that too. That's really cool. So I think it's important to post your work online, whether it's Instagram, Behance, Pinterest, and just to do the kind of work that you want to get hired for. Mm-hmm. What have been the most successful social channels for you? Pinterest and Instagram, I think, are really good. It's, I started a TikTok. It's growing nicely. I'm pretty happy about it. I saw you on TikTok, yeah. Yeah, I actually have two TikToks. One of them, like, died, so then I started a new one. <laughs> uh, but now I have a TikTok, a new one, and it's actually growing faster than my older one, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I just started a YouTube channel as well, but my strongest are Instagram and Pinterest. Yeah. Pinterest is a sneaky fucker. It's a sneaky one. Like, like I... I didn't like I just always just used Pinterest just because I felt like I had to like didn't really put much effort into it and then it's like oh you have over a million impressions over oh, month. I'm cool. like, I want to check I'm like, out. I was like okay <laughs> I <laughs> like, love Pinterest I, I didn't mean to do that uh, yeah 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 and yeah. I have my social media person who's like actually putting effort and time and thought into it which and it's only performed better but it's just like I feel like a lot of people don't think about it they don't they, they they're don't like all about the gram because Gary V isn't talking about it on his podcast <laughs> <laughs> Gravy loves to talk about TikTok. He's yeah, like, he does. Must, like, make eight TikToks a day. Yeah, um, fuck that shit. Oh my god, I was trying to do what he was saying, and I literally burned out. Like, I think this is me too. You know, I did too. You can't. You can't. You cannot. He's just so all oh, that all that charm, you guys. That charisma gets me every fucking me time. Me too. I'm like, I could do anything, and then I'm like trying to do the Gary V lifestyle, and then I'm like, you never, never mind. I'll just do what I do. He's got some really good. But like his pep talks, though, I'm a big fan. Like in 10 seconds, I feel like a whole new fucking person. I'm like, yes, I will continue to watch your videos, Gary Vee. It's yeah. funny I don't follow him. He just he's just always on my for you page. Like my for you page is like, you need this today, Dina. Here you go. I it's love like, him. 
I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I actually got, got hired to do something for him recently, which is did really, you really actually I twice, which is cool. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. You got to talk to him personally, just as his team? No, just with his team. But I was mm-hmm. still very flattered that I was selected, hand-selected. Like, apparently, he saw my work and liked it, so that's nice. Aw, that's cool. <laughs> Look at you. You're such, yeah. a cool, you're such a cool person, a cool lady. Yeah. We're like, oh, talk about celebrity. Oh, I actually work for that person. Fucking shit. Um, that's so funny. Okay, so... What do you think? So we've talked a little about social. Um, I think the just a, a, I would say abbreviate. That is not the right word um, to kind of like give a summary of some of the tips. I I think it's experimentation. Put mm-hmm. yourself out there. Um, take opportunities. Put out the exact, take opportunities. Uh, don't be afraid to just try things and put it like, and also like really think and put a little bit of a plan behind what do you want to get hired for, and even like being more specific on what kind of industry. What mm-hmm. kind of service? Not just style. Because, like, style is, is, like, yes, no matter what you make is going to be in your style. And don't get me wrong, in the beginning, you're going to get people who are like, hey, can you draw, like, this artist? Oh, no. And, like, that's going to happen quite a bit. I always say no. I always say no. I'm like, you yeah, I say no, artist, no. you hire that artist. Don't hire me to copy them. For and don't sure. hire anyone else to copy them. It's not okay. Ew, and they're going to find out. And then they're going to get in trouble. And then you're going to have a lawsuit. Like, it's not worth it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um, and it happens to me all the time. So many people get hired to draw like me. And I, I see, sure. like, I get sent the campaigns in my DMs. Like, what the heck? Why didn't you just hire me for this? But it's okay. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I, I will say this. I do not know how to doodle on myself. Like, there's a couple of times where I'm like, oh, I want to do, like, a cute little, like, a picture of me and a headshot. And I want to doodle on it. And then I, I look at the picture. And I'm like, I don't know how to do this. It's I'm fine. Like, you should doodle on yourself. I, I know, but I just don't know. I, I'm, I get so paralyzed. Like, I don't know what to do. So I'll look at your work. I'm like, okay, drips. Okay, I can do drips. <laughs> and then I'll be like, okay, I'm like, oh, stars. That makes sense. And just like, <laughs> sometimes you have to like see someone else doing it. And you're like, oh, these all seem like, like, I'm not saying like what you do isn't like an obvious design solution, but I'm just saying like, oh, but Starburst? What a, like, you know what I mean? It's not like a super original idea. So it's just like, oh, of course. But you just get so wrapped up in your head and you overthink because you're doing something you've never done before. Yeah. That it does help to have a little bit of inspiration. But when someone just like, it's the same color palette, it's the same. For me, when I look at your work and someone's literally doing the same exact kind of characters, the exact kind of eyes and the exact kind of shading, I'm like, come on. You know, it's that, like, you know, it's for Jesus. me that really, like, it makes me laugh actually more than anything. Cause I, I feel like I've passed the stage where I care when people copy me. Um, but there's like this design that I would do on my wall as a child in my notebooks. Like it's all over. It's everything from my childhood is a specific design. And I guess like one day I ran out of ideas. So I pulled that and it's like something I would draw from the ages of eight to like 18. And I I started putting it in my artwork online. And now like so many people are doing it and trying to call it, you know, their idea. But I can tell because like they're copying everything else of me. Obviously this one is also copied by me. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's a specific, very signature you know, design of mine that I do. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that one really bothers me. Yeah. It's just when, when it's really obvious is when I get mad. Cause like, you could always say like, oh, you had similar uh, inspiration. Like there's certain things like I draw, I drew like t- a rainbow with skulls at either end. I've mm-hmm. seen that before. That's yeah, not an course. original fucking idea. But when I'm on TikTok and I see someone did the same design, I'm like, oh, you took my, no, yeah. Dina, you don't own fucking skulls and rainbow. What the fuck is wrong with you? So it's like, unless someone like literally like traced my fucking shit, then I'm like, okay, it's fine. Yeah, um, but the nothing pisses me. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to anyone that thinks I'm thinking too highly of my creations, but like, I really do know when someone got it from me because there are some things that are so, so me and signature me that like, I get really annoyed when I, I forgot my trail of thought. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When people are like, "Oh, you didn't invent drawing on photos," I'm like, 
yeah, I know I didn't invent drawing on photos, but like, this is very much like, you know, a copy of my work, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a toughie, but my, my goal is always like, my art is evolving quicker than anyone else can copy. Amen to that. that that's always the goal. Cause I think that again, like if you are worried about people copying you, then don't put your work on the internet and also move on. Uh, but I also know. don't copy. <laughs> that's what I have to say. Yeah. I, I always love, like, especially on TikTok. Cause there's so much, there's such a younger generation on that platform. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always the, what they say. Like, Oh, if you, if you don't want people to steal your work, then don't post it. I'm like, I guess I just won't make a career as an artist then. Fuck yeah. it. Like <laughs> Jesus. Like, do you yeah. know what you're asking? when you say that yeah exactly um, so it's ugh, anyways so yes when it comes to like finding your voice and figuring out what you want to be establishing like putting out into the world for social media i think narrowing your focus does help like here's some more examples um someone who we will have uh i, I don't know what order of the podcast i want to do but maybe you've already heard from her or you're going to hear from her um fantastical feminism on instagram she actually has two accounts she has mm. one that's all about exactly what it sounds like fantastical fem- so feminism messages with a fantastical kind of sci not sci-fi vibe but like storybook so like mermaids and and knights and shining armor and that kind of thing and it's such a cool aesthetic but then she mostly does book cover design so she has another instagram called holly Dunn design and the whole fucking feed is book covers mock-ups of book covers process about book covers a youtube channel about book covers and guess what kind of work she gets book covers Book covers. yeah so it's just like if you want to like niche down because you always have to think of it from the perspective of the client you mm-hmm. know someone's looking for you they're how are they finding you they're googling right they're putting keywords into instagram a lot of them you know might use databases and that kind of thing but especially you know when you're first starting out small business owners who are naturally gonna follow you or hear from you or word of mouth word of mouth you which sounds dirty um (laughs) they're gonna word of mouth you uh in the face so they're (laughs) you have to consider like they're gonna have a shit ton of tabs open and they're they're taking that first couple seconds looking at your website or looking at your instagram or whatever platform and making a very quick decision and if they're not seeing the exact kind of work that they want to hire you for they're going to exit so like you have to help them make that decision so much more harder for them yeah, I agree. Everywhere. I'm not just, you know, so on your website. And I feel like websites are things that like people don't like when I go to your website and I see like your client work and stuff and your personal work, I'm like, oh, I get it. I know exactly what to hire you for. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like some people don't have that same aesthetic. They don't have that same kind of vibe. And that's what we're going to get into next. Yeah. yeah. What's, what's important to put on your portfolio, Donna? Um, well, I think it's important to show like diversity. Um you know, as you said, you said niche down, but also like that you that you don't just draw one specific thing. Like for instance, for me, it's like I do like a little bit of food, a little bit of fashion, a little bit of like lifestyle. There, you you should show a little bit of diversity. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you should post the work that you're most proud of. Um, I think that's really important. Um, post. I guess just post the work that you're most proud of. Post like what you want to be hired for. Um, post your client work if that's what you want to get more of. Um, for example, there's a lot of work that I don't post of clients that I don't want to get those kind of jobs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So I, I have actually a lot of client work that you guys have never seen. Lots of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but too. yeah, you should you should post what you're proud of. And I have a lot of you know personal artwork and stuff that I don't post online because it's not really how I define myself. So I think that's another thing is like. Post whatever defines you best as an artist. And I guess for you also, like with like letter shop and the, you know, I think you have a lot of like positivity of like 
body empowerment. And like, I think that's also, you know, someone that's probably looking to empower females would probably be more inclined to hiring you than mm-hmm. me, which I need a lot more diversity in my work. I'm totally guilty of it. So yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be, like uh, with my subject matters and things like cannabis, mental health, body positivity, um, and then I'm getting more into sex sex positivity um and then more into pride because i took me a while to like my friends and some people online knew i was bisexual but i i wasn't out to my parents and they're both very religious (coughs) and very judgmental people um so i didn't and i they could just stumble upon a youtube video you know what i mean like i just i didn't want to i was really scared about it even though i'm a fucking 31 year old woman Mm um and then finally that happened just a few months ago. And then now I'm finally like, okay, I made a pride collection. I'm talking about it more in my feed. I'm talking about it more in my work. It's in my portfolio. It's in my store. Um, so it's just like, now I'm getting inquiries to do pride work. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I'm getting inquiries to do more body positivity work and more cannabis work. Cause I'm putting out the kind of work I want to get hired for. Amazing. Um, and back to your point of being like, oh, it's okay to di- diversify a little bit. I think that's totally fine. Um, I just put my marketing hat on and I'm like, if you want to have multiple services or multiple styles, it could be a good idea to have different landing pages. Like instead of you just having a general maybe services page on your website, maybe it's like services and it's a drop down to like murals, advertising, or if you want to do different industries like fashion, cars, beauty, um, those types of things. Because like that's only going to help you. Absolutely. It's only going to help you not only with SEO, with people, how are they finding you? They're Googling, right? They're using hashtags on Instagram. Keywords are important. Then you're much more likely to pop up on their feed. Like when I, something as simple as me just putting hen lettering artists in Portland, Oregon, when I first moved there in 2013, I was the first result on the first page of Google when you typed hen lettering. And I got a shit ton of fucking clients. And that's not like it's a crazy keyword. It's just, this is my location. This is fucking lettering. And then so like for Portland, it was the first one. And then for lettering, it was on the first page and I stopped logging and then I got the second page. But oh shit. Oh no. The second page. Like, you know what I mean? So like just thinking about keywords can really help too when trying to get clients. It's a whole other conversation. But I do think it's worth a Google. It's worth a yeah. Google, you guys. Um, yeah. All right. Well, let's, just, okay, let's talk about mistakes with clients because everyone's so freaked out, like contracts and pricing and all these things. So how can we learn from some of your, your big mistakes? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that, first of all, um, I I think that I also, I started from a different place. Like I wasn't, and I've seen this with a lot of artists that are also Instagram famous, but have no business knowledge that they Mm -hmm. don't really, um, they have a lot harder of a time. And I I have Instagram friends that ask me for advice uh, that really, I realize that I am very lucky that I started a business after already having a very, you know, a lot of experience. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it was more stuff of like, I have been too much of a pushover in the past because I'm a huge, huge, huge people's pleaser. And it also shows in my work where I want my client to be happy no matter what. And like, sometimes I will go overboard on like the edits. Um, and I don't know when to put my foot down and say no, because it's just, it's more important to me that, that the client leaves happy then, you know, I'm like, oh, Donna wanted to charge me more just for a few more edits, you know? So like, that's kind of stuff that mm-hmm. I um, feel like is a mistake of like not not um, having boundaries. Uh, that, mm-hmm. That's one for me. I think another mistake is saying yes to too many projects. For example, like I've had months where I just, I don't want, I don't want to lose opportunities. I'm, I'm so excited and eager um, to, to work on such a variety of different campaigns, but can I actually do it all without having a breakdown? Probably 
you know, I, I probably should rethink it. And so like, that's something with me mm-hmm. as well. I, I love to take opportunities. I get excited. I'm a people's person. I want to like, you know, connect with the clients, do something amazing for them. Um, so like, I think that's something where I, I feel like, um, you know, it, like knowing to say no is a big one for me. Um, mm-hmm. and also being too flexible is something I have to work on, uh, as well. I feel like you're probably the opposite of that. I think you're very, you know, you know, you know when to say no. Um, it's so cute that you think that <laughs> I, I, I've listened to some of your podcasts and I feel like you, you say like, Oh, I'll, I, I listened to a recent one where you're like, yeah, like uh, that would cost extra, you know? And I'm like, hmm, I've yeah. never, I, I'm always like, I always feel bad after we close a contract to say that. But, yeah. you know, a lot of I mean, people do like to slide their way in, like, after we close the contract. Oh, by the way, we need this, too. I'm like, bro, like, you didn't say that before, so no. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> like, I try really hard, um, but I still, it still happens. Like, I did this project with Amazon while I was on vacation <laughs> for yeah, some fucking that's reason. Yeah, that's the I listen to. Yeah, and, it, and then there was, um, and they were asking for so many revisions, and they only got one, and I did, like, three or four um without saying anything and then it wasn't until they were like okay we, we just want one more round i'm like well if we're gonna want another round we have to charge you for it and so they were totally I've fucking done. fine with it they were like oh thanks for i'm like fuck i just did a bunch of free work for no reason why not do this yeah um, good for you good for you that you like, I'm a, if they already paid for the project and we sign on it i don't want to go back and like but again you should you should also know you like, should yeah i think people will respect you more when you do do that yeah, like any other job. If I'm if I'm a wait like uh like if I'm working at a sales job in the mall, right? And they want you to work more, you're going to make more money. It's not like the, I don't understand why like, artists also, have this the exception and being paid what they're worth and their value and their time. I agree and I also feel like people will ask for like they won't push you as much because they know like listen, whatever we're asking you for, we want to make sure that's what we actually need. And I think especially mm-hmm. in the beginning and this is also when I learned like to start outlining things of what you actually need. Cause like some people, this is way in the beginning, like weren't sure, like we do back and forth too much. Um, and I think that's, it's important to say no, because then they also know when they're asking for something, it's like they've made that final decision that that's what they want mm-hmm. as opposed to let's yeah. try that. Like uh, that, that's mm-hmm. something that, you know, some clients are very respectful and they know not to abuse the system and some are a little bit more on the other side of the spectrum where, you know, they think it's okay because they're already paying for it. Yeah. And I think that, and I think a lot of that has to do with the idea of ownership, to be honest, like, oh, we, like uh, the work for hire contract of like everything you do for us, we own completely. And that's not included in the fee. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't think of it as an additional, like, usage rights as an additional fee. It's included in the design fee. It's like, no, 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 no. If I was a graphic designer, I, I can't really charge a usage rights fee because typically the content, I'm using photography that's provided. I'm using fonts that already exist. But if you're, when you're illustrating, you're creating something that's never existed before. And therefore, you have more intellectual copyright over it. And, like, I know there's a whole other thing, graphic design, and, like, it, it also has usage rights. But I'm just saying more, more so in the illustration industry. Um, and because they're just paying like like a flat fee like that they're gonna take a lot more liberty with ownership of your work because of that fact absolutely like so like when you're giving your you know your like your packages or your pricing you have to go ahead and state this is how many revisions you get absolutely. this is how many hours of work you get this is the scope you have to define it mine says the, hours, the revisions and i still like i'm like you know we're at the end of the project what's another three revisions and then yeah especially you know, when they're little you're like mm. yeah exactly <laughs> just change this thing real quick um yeah i have like a i have rules like um i will do only major revisions during the sketch process once it's digitalized the only thing you can change is like color good for and you that's it 
That's one like just because I have to fucking redraw it, and it's going to take more more time. And also, revisions should cost more than your normal hourly fee because it includes a rush fee. Revisions need to be done in like 24, 48 hour turnaround. So the fact that you're charging like maybe you charge fifty dollars an hour, you're still charging fifty dollars an hour for that. It's like no, no, no. That's worth more money. That's taking more out of your time. So you're basically saying after the ink process, they can't. They they're aware that if they want anything added, that's an extra Mm -hmm. fee. Yeah. Amazing. Like. And in, in, keep in mind, like your contract, you can state things like, oh, you have to reply to me within one business day. And if you don't, then the project will be delayed for every day that you don't respond. That seems like a no fucking shit. Like that's an obvious thing, but you have to put that in writing because clients are always like want you to reply so quickly, but then they'll take two weeks to get back to you. Yeah, and yeah, But they yeah. still, but the deadline hasn't moved. So like even all these like nitpicky things, like it's okay. It should be pretty normal that your contracts get longer and longer and longer every single time you work with a new client. It's fine. I've actually like turned in contracts to people before and they're like, I'm going to give you some contract advice. It's clear you've been hurt before. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know what? I was and I'm protecting myself because it's not just for like, oh, this needs to hold up in a court of law. It's I want you to understand what I'm doing for this job that you're paying me to do and what I need from you in order to do a good job. Mm-hmm. So I want it to be easily read. I want to outline everything in black and white. If it's going to be a little long, it's going to be a little long. Mm-hmm. But whatever's going to make us both happy at the end of the situation, because isn't that what we want? Absolutely. And like, no one can fucking disagree with like, oh, no, I want I wanted you to be mad at me. Like, <laughs> no one's going to say that. So it's just like definitely like such a, a learning experience. Um, I think some of the biggest mistakes, I, I mean, a lot of the same similar stuff. Like I said yes to too many projects because – the, uh, the one quote that's always felt like, oh, if you say, you know, yes to too many projects, something really special will come around that you won't have time for and you'll be kicking yourself. I hate that quote. Fuck, <laughs> it's like, it's, it's happened to me a couple times. So it's just like, yeah. oh God. And yeah. we definitely take on projects because of a scarcity mindset. And we're like, oh, I got to pay my bills. I got to pay next month's bill. And you're so scared you're never going to get work again that you say yes to everything and then you freak the fuck out. And mm-hmm. then the work becomes not as good because you're fucking stressed out. And you're doing too many things at the same time. So well, like you're not even doing as good of a job that you should be paid for. Well, I also say yes to too many things. I get excited. Like, how can I not? Try? Like, for me, it's, it's I'm not <laughs> sure if scarcity is my definition, but it's more of like I get like, excited. Like, I remember there was this one month where it was during the Met Gala where I was flying to Chicago to speak on behalf of HP for like a three-day workshop. I was mm-hmm. uh, in at the same time designing for the Met Gala, like, you know, like not sleeping. Then like right after that, I had to fly to the Cannes Film Festival in in. Con, uh, mm-hmm. or can I don't know how you say it French they say it differently um, and like doing a show for Magnum and preparing for that and I had like another client work that wasn't like a big commercial client so I just remember like I remember by the time that Cannes Film Festival was over I it was my birthday my, and my fiance <laughs> had this like crazy plan took me to this like to to um uh the south of france like it was nice i don't remember where and everyone like, is so upset listening to the story that you're telling us right now but keep yeah, going i know but basically he had this unbelievable plan that he spent so much money on to take me to a hotel and like we're gonna go like travel the south of france and see these like cool like historic houses and i just crashed and burned so hard i was so miserable on my birthday i i, I literally felt like uh i was depressed because i just i um I worked so hard. It was, you know, jet lagged on like in a matter of like one week, like three times, mm-hmm. you know, just like it was a lot to handle. And I just remember like that birthday, I was just like um, a zombie and just not there for two days. And I feel really bad for my boyfriend because his plan was amazing. <laughs> and I was just like, he wanted to take pictures. I'm like, no pictures. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I was dead. No, I always think of work as like we work 
such a big chunk of our lives, but every, no matter what you do for a living, you're giving away little pieces of yourself. Yeah. You're giving away your time, obviously, but your sanity, your, like a lot of like the more strenuous your job is, you're giving away literally like pieces of your bone and muscle. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it's like when you say yes to too many projects, like it's, it's, you're, you can only give away so much of yourself. And even if we are really excited, because I've had that situation only a few times in my career, mm-hmm. where I'm like, fuck, these are all fucking yeah, amazing. No. Like, how do you I, can't. how do I say no to this? But I, I, I've always been at the other end of that and be like, that, what, that wasn't worth it. It wasn't. Yeah. Like, yeah, I appreciated that exposure. Yes, I appreciated that money, of course, but it wasn't worth it. I would have much rather to just said no to at least one of those projects but then, and then maybe like they, given it to a friend or something and then just been a little happier at the end of the month. I agree with you. But then you're like, but well, how do you know something like this isn't going to come? Oh, so it is scarcity. I'm like, well, how do you know you're going to get this opportunity again? Like this is it. So yeah, it is kind of like what you just said. But uh, mm-hmm. that's for me. Like, I, I really love these opportunities. And, like, I don't know when the next mm-hmm. time I'm going to get flown out to Cannes. I don't know the next time I'm going to get flown out to Chicago. Like, I would yeah. love to take these opportunities. But the thing is, you can't not think that, like, oh, if someone's willing to reach out to you once, like, they're just never going to reach out to you again. Yeah. I definitely had the situation where I said no to a really amazing project. And then the next time it came around, they, they asked me again. Mm, amazing. You know what I mean? So you can't just pretend like, oh, this is never going to happen again. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they're reaching out to you for a reason. They want You're to right. work with you. They're not just going to forget about you if, if if you have made an impact. And if you are like more of a successful artist that's, you know, being featured a lot and all these things, that's not going to stop, right? Yeah, it's not just, yeah. it's just there's not going to be a pause. They're still going to get reminders of you. So it's like yeah. we can't – it's just like our youth is so fragile and our energy – it like it, it kind of goes alongside of it and it's like i even though i'm only 31 i'm still c- quite young by a lot of people's opinions like mm-hmm. i'm just not as energetic i can't do as much of the stuff i used to be able to do when i was like 10 years ago yeah and it's going to be even less in, in 10 years from now i don't know with kids you're right, or you're right or whatever so it's just like i have i can, as i get older i have to be creating more boundaries for myself even though i'm becoming more successful yeah absolutely agree with you on that absolutely yeah Cause it's fucking, it's, it's so hard. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm like, and and like, I'm so proud of myself for just like, this is like a new fucking thing for me where I have a lot of anxiety. I have a lot of social anxiety. I just, I deal with depression, all these things, but I still feel the need to work through those feelings. And only recently where I'm like, I start to get a little bit of a panic attack. I'm like, no, I don't care that something's due. I don't care that I have a meeting. Like I'm going to have a mental breakdown and I just walk away and take a little bit of a break and then I come back and usually nothing bad happens. Nothing fucking bad happens because it's like I just needed a breather versus just waiting for it to build up, build up, build up until you really freak the fuck out. Yeah. So it's just like you. Good for you. Really. I'm the opposite of you. I I will. I will just keep pushing on myself to like. And I don't know how to take a step back, but I'm very impressed that you admit that you know how to take a step back. And I'm also wondering, like, what causes your anxiety? I also have a lot of anxiety with like just managing so many different things. And in addition to trying to manage a relationship and have a social life and, you know, do so much. So what's your It's the to-do list for sure. It's like waking up Mondays are the worst Mm -hmm. because I'm just like, because I've been trying to get better about not, I have marketing and making days, I call them. So like Monday and Wednesday and Friday are marketing days. And then only Tuesday and Thursday are making days. So, and I try to, and if I have a, my weekend are bonus making days. So I don't allow myself if I'm going to work, because sometimes you just feel that urge to make something and I want to capitalize on that feeling, but I refuse to do any marketing on those days because I need I need to be a person, right? 
even though I'm a business owner, I got to be a fucking person, have some time off, go to a restaurant, like see some family, sleep in, you know what I mean? Just basic, just be alive, enjoy yeah. life type of shit. Um, but when I wake up on Monday and just looking at that to-do list uh, freaks me the fuck out. And I just like, I, cause I feel like I have to get it all done at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it just builds and builds and builds. And then maybe, especially with like shiny object syndrome or like someone's like, oh, this thing's broken on your website or like there's a customer service issue I have to deal with. Like, oh, that's my printful is not connected to my website today. I got to fix that. That's what takes priority. And then it just makes that to-do, to-do list that much longer. Yeah. Just freak the fuck out. And I find that Instead of me just feeling that pressure to be like, you have to get this done. This is important versus just being like, you know what? Take a lunch. It's okay. Just fucking get the fuck out. Take a coffee. Pet your beautiful dog. She's getting older. She's not going to be around forever. Just fucking pet her and just just get away. Um, And especially I haven't been smoking as much weed lately um, Mm -hmm. because I got I got the coronavirus and it fucked my lungs a little bit. So I've just been staying away from it just because I wanted to. I don't I don't need it. And being someone who definitely self-medicated with weed. Um, with all of my anxiety and things. So finding different ways to cope mm-hmm. um, without having to go back on medication has been difficult. So it's like just trying to get back to feeling okay <laughs> a little mm-hmm. bit um, has been a serious fucking challenge. But I think it's just like our body is giving us signals. Like we have these amazing feelings that are saying like, hey, we're happy, we're sad, we're nervous, we're anxious. Something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong, something's wrong. And you're ignoring that shit. Like that's not good. Don't do that. Absolutely. Especially when you own your own business, you don't have to do fucking anything. Yeah. You are in charge of your fucking decisions. I agree. So you're just, so you're hurting yourself for yourself. How does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I 100% agree with you. And I'm also like, I'm very, um, I'm, I also started building a system like you did where you're doing specific things on certain days. But does mm-hmm. that mean that you, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're not drawing or creating, you're just strictly doing marketing? Just streaking. If I finish my marketing task for the day, then I'll draw. Wow. If I have the time. How do you mm-hmm. fill up three full days of marketing? Oh, honey. <laughs> well, because like marketing for me is creating content. So like TikTok videos, that's marketing. Oh, so that's creating. It's creating, but I'm not drawing. So that's why it's a very like, it's a different thing for me. Like making oh. in, in my terms is physically sitting down, drawing something, Got doing it. something. And marketing is kind um, of like making content and like TikTok, yeah. YouTube stuff. Yeah, like TikTok, yeah, any sort of video content. Um, a lot of my coaching sessions are on that day because I do mm. coaching sessions every week. Um, doing uh, like the schedule and planning out. I do monthly audits of my content and my work and uh, like to look at data, like what's working, what's not working. How's my income doing? Doing this kind of checkups. Am I in the red this month? Am I in the black? Am I doing good? Like, what are we going to do with this income? Are we going to put more in our retirement fund? Should we hire more people? Like really thinking of like the top big picture stuff because I wasn't making time for those things and I, my business was not doing so well. Like last year, I'd made a lot of money, but I spent too much of it. Interesting. So it was like, oh. Spent too much fuck. of it on personal stuff or like reinvesting in the uh, business? Reinvesting in the business without oh. like, where like, uh, I, and then I like miscalculated my taxes. Oh. And, I, and when I moved, I got a big, my accountant, even though we had already done tax for the year, like, hey, so uh, <laughs> you owe an extra, like a lot of money. Oh, no. <laughs> And it was all the money that I had to move. And like, we were going to get in the retail space and stuff when we moved. Um, And we could, none of that could happen. And that we we live in a very small apartment. Uh, It's technically a studio, like one bedroom. I'm in the living room of my apartment right now. It's a nice apartment. I really like it. 
Um, but it's, you know, it's cheap. It's like six fifty a month in a little town in Menominee, Michigan. And even though our business is doing way better now, like I got my shit figured out. We're making, we have money saved up. We're able to donate. Like we just hit $10,000 to donate to both Black Lives Matter and the AACP. Um, so it's just like, now we're like, oh shit, like we're doing well. And we're, I'm, I've been poor my whole fucking life mm-hmm. that I'm so scared. I'm going to fuck it up. Like watching those people who win the lottery and then they're oh. homeless in a year. Well, like, you're not so going like, to fuck it up. You're really smart. I'm not going to fuck it up. You're not. I'm going to have I, I manifestation. Can, I, can tell, <laughs> no, I, I can tell by talking to you. Like you're, you're, you know what you're doing. You're going to be more yeah. than fine. Thank you. So it's just like, I'm not, I haven't spent any of it. Like all the money that's been saved up, it's just in the bank. It's not going anywhere. We might, yeah. our goal is to like buy a house in cash in the Woo-hoo! next year or two. Like we're just like, we're just be shh. Yes. Just pretend it's not in there. You don't have any money. Shh. I'm so Go proud to the grocery of store, you. Do this stuff. Uh, fucking terrifying. So like, but just being that organized all the time, it takes so much out of me. Cause oh, like, yeah. I feel like drawing feeds me right? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel full. I feel, I'm just like, I'm like, uh, it's like, it's fucking crack, dude. I'm like, I'm excited. I'm like buzzing off the walls. And Rick's like, how much coffee did you have? Like, I don't have any coffee. I'm just like super excited. Um, but then like when I'm marketing, I'm just, at the end of the day, I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want? Are you going to wow. make dinner? Like, I'm just such an asshole. <laughs> so it's like, just trying to give myself the opportunity to have more of those making days with hiring these people. Yeah. Well, also just trying to be mindful of my mental health and all the things it's fucking exhausting, but it's so fucking worth it. It's exhausting. It is. But you're also doing something, which is something that I'm like working towards right now. Like I think from what it looks like, like you're making days, for instance, like you'll make one piece and then you'll sell it online. So it's like worth a lot more than yep. what I'm doing, which is like, I'm just making one piece and it only goes one place, you know? Yeah. So I think that's, that's actually a lot smarter. I mean, do, do you do products? I don't know. I don't know. I, do I did products? product. I recently closed my online store because I want to rebrand. Like that's my whole goal of 2020 minus the Corona, okay. which like threw me off. But, um, mm-hmm. my whole goal is like rebranding. So I'm like working on a fine art collection, uh, merchandise, like I'm redoing everything, but I do think that um, it's so cool to work on all of these advertising campaigns, but I also, I really do like, you know, you know, making merchandise. Like I wanted at some point, I don't know when it will happen, like teach online classes. Cause I do feel like I don't take money, but I do help a lot of artists like start their careers and giving advice. So mm-hmm. like there, there's more that I want to do uh, than just make brand campaigns for these labels, which is so exciting. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I've done it for two years and like, I'm ready to develop into my own thing. Yeah, more revenue streams, man. Yeah, exactly. Fucking exactly. Highly recommend it. Yeah. I love that even if no one buys anything from my store, I still have Patreon. Yeah. And I make enough money on Patreon just just on its own for both Women of Illustration and for Letter Shop that I'm, I would be fine. It's not a crazy a lot of money. It's definitely way less than I would make in my store, but it makes me feel confident that's like, hey, if one thing falls off, I have this. Yeah. And I say no to a lot of client work because honestly, I make more money creating my own products than I do with clients. So that's, like where, a- that's where I'm trying to be. It's like, I want to say more no's, as I said prior. Like, yeah. I, I, I'd rather just take like the five a year that I really believe in, that I really want to invest in and not like mm-hmm. five a month. I'd rather that. Yeah. 
So what's the plan? I'm, I'm curious. So like, are you thinking more of getting into teaching and coaching? Is um, that the next step for you? So the thing for me is like, I don't, uh, I try to make an avid effort to not plan because every time I plan, I limit <laughs> myself. Yeah. And I just believe okay, in like, okay. do what, do what you love and let it, let it unravel. So that's kind of like what I'm doing now. Um, I started a YouTube channel. You're going to see more when I, I'm going back to Paris next week and I, I built a studio there. So going to be posting mm-hmm. a lot more on that. Um, I'm starting a collaboration with a gallery in Paris now where I'm going to be selling more of my art in her gallery. Cool. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, it's more of like, I'm more rebranding. Um, like i I'm talking to investors to work on a podcast if they don't invest in it, that I'm just doing it on my own of like, you know, just things that I believe in that I want to speak about. Um, okay. so I don't know what's going to unravel where, but like what's happening now is like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out my next step in my career. Cause I, mm-hmm. I feel like you have to keep evolving and I feel, you yeah. know, like I, I'm ready to like, you know, put, open my butterfly wings and move on to like the next flower. <laughs> yeah. That's a cute little metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I'm a bumblebee. Um, <laughs> I also, I think bumblebees are the, the single most terrifying and cutest insect ever. They're so fuzzy. Like I want to pet them, but you shouldn't. <laughs> what, bumblebees are yeah, so cute. Bumblebees. They're like, they're fuzzy and they're just like little fucking, they're so cute. And I want to pet them, but they don't want to be pet. You should not do that. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely. Not. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, but I feel the need to every time I see one. It's like this child, like, don't touch the oven, dear. It's like, but it's it's all red when it lights up. I just stupid, yeah. stupid stuff. Anyways, um, no, I, I think that's cool. I can definitely, I definitely see you in the fine art space, one hundred percent. Yeah, I can, I see you doing shows. What, what would you be doing? Would you like take your own photography and then paint on top of it? So I'm like still what? I'm just curious. It. Like right now, I'm like collaborating with my photographer friends on pieces. Okay, cool. Um, I'm also buying rights to images at the moment. I'm, and then mm-hmm. the next thing is, I would like to take my own photos, but like I'm still in the beginning of it. Of like, you know. As I said, like, I don't really believe in planning it. I think I'm going to figure it out. So I think the first year is going to be a lot of trial and error. And then the following mm-hmm. year, I think I'll have something more refined. Okay. When Every time you say, I don't believe in planning, I get so anxious. Oh, really? <laughs> it gives me so much anxiety when you say it. I was <laughs> like, okay, just let her do like, If it works for her, it's fine. And, like, I have to – like. I definitely think there's a, a, a spot where I think a lot of artists, a lot of artists, especially when you've never done something before, they over plan and, and underdo. Mm-hmm, um, we're like, mm-hmm. like, cause planning, you feel like you're doing something, but you're just making fucking lists. Like exactly. you're not fucking, you're it's, not fucking doing anything. Yes. And then you, you, you over plan to the point where like, by the time, especially if every time you sit down to do the task, you plan the task before you do it, you're exhausted before you've actually done anything. Yeah. So it's like, well, like, uh, so to, to add on to what you're saying, like yeah. I like working in, like in the past in business, like a lot of times people would be like, write a business plan, like where we would like launch a product and we'd have to write a business plan for it. Like this is the biggest bullshit ever because we oh, should just do it, just do it <laughs> and then figure it out. Cause like how many times have you started something and it evolved into something completely different? And I just don't understand why we would need to plan so much when it will evolve. I think what matters is like your discipline and your commitment to doing something and mm-hmm. watch it take its own route. Like it's like having a child. Like you, you should plan that. But like you should also let, <laughs> let, like, let it grow. It also, like let it make its own choices. And, like let it evolve. I don't, I don't know if actually I, I should. I shouldn't give parenting advice. I should not give parenting. No, advice. no, no. Uh, but, you know, but I like. I kind of like that analogy a little bit. Like you know, you still love your kids whether or not they're planned or a surprise. Yeah. So it's just like. Um, and to take that same metaphor to work, I think there's, uh, I think there's a cool, there's a hot medium 
in between the two because I definitely don't have like a business plan for every product or anything like that. It's not it's not that crazy. Um, but I'm like, hey, every single time I create a new design, I'm going to post the process and then I post the final static image and then I post a mock-up and then I post a model photoing it, um, like showing it. And then on TikTok, I'll show the process of me drawing. I'll do a final reveal and then I'll showcase the process and then it being printed and then I'll do a video of me wearing the product. So like I have like a structure, mm-hmm. but it's not so like, oh, then this and you actually have to show this and then that. It's just like a basic just so I remember to do it. Well, that's organization. Like I would define that as organization. I don't think that's planning. I think that like, that's what I do. I have systems. Okay. okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, I build a lot of systems, but I don't believe it. Look, so what I meant by planning is like limiting yourself. I'm going to do this and this and this, and this is how I will do it. And I just feel like you don't really know until you try and just start it, you know, have a nice Mm -hmm. system in place, but like, don't limit yourself either with a plan. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm so excited (laughs) to see all this shit from you. I want to see, okay. Can I tell you what I want to see from yeah, you? Yeah, please tell me. Tell me if you to, care. I'd love to know. Of if course you care about my opinion. <laughs> I love you. I would love to hear your opinion. Okay, okay. So both on TikTok and on Instagram, I want to see more you. Like you show, a, especially on TikTok, like you, you'll you do like the, which is popular, like you show the reveal of like a layer of like you adding like your cool doodles and stuff to photos. I kind of wish I just saw more of like, like you drawing, you making, especially when you start doing more fine art work, because a lot of it might be more large scale. It's so impressive and it's so tangible because we're all especially right now, homebodies. And so I think when you can add any sort of tactile version of your work or really showing um, the, in- the entire view instead of just your screen can make such a huge difference because that's how we're experiencing is through a screen. And mm-hmm. it makes it more oddly satisfying, which I think would be cool. Um, but how do you show more I, of me? Like you're saying like... like I, want to, I want to see... I want you talking to me in the camera, telling me things. Like, oh, okay. I want That's what you mean, you, talking. Yeah. I want Not you like talking making. to me... Yeah, I want I want all of it. I want I want videos of just you talking to me about something. I want you doing voice like talking about specifically on TikTok just for a couple examples. I want to see hear like voiceovers mm-hmm. of you talking about your piece, or it could be the process or what it means, or a little bit of the fun, um, or just like something. I, I want to get to know you a little bit more with your work. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it makes such a stronger connection because I see your work and I know you made it, but it's so hard for me to picture your face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and faces and what we look like it's such an important part of brand messaging because it's much easier for us to remember a face than a name yes so when you take that away from me i'm like oh i feel like my, my my picture of you as a brand is is incomplete and i don't like that and also i like you as a person i think you're really cool oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> I, I really enjoy this conversation this is a kind of long episode because i like you um, so it's just like so it's like i want to see after this you know episode is done i don't want you gone from my life I me want too more, I, want, I want more donna donna and dina um i want more <laughs> It was like quick tidbit. My mom's name is Donna, uh, oh. and we have we have a thing in our family where everyone has a D name. Interesting. So it's Dina, Donna, Deborah, Danny. Wow. And then like I went to a fucking family reunion, and holy shit, I just called everyone D. It was way too complicated. D. It was like a hundred people with all D names except for like who they were married to. Oh, wow, that's funny. <laughs> like, hey, D, and everyone would turn around like, okay, I'm not going to continue this <laughs> if I have kids. It's a little bit... I think it'd be f- even funnier to call my kids Zena. Because oh. then it's Zena and then Dina and then my boyfriend's mother's name is Tina. Oh, <laughs> love it. Love it. Every generation. Um, <laughs> but that would just be annoying anytime we, you hear an Ina, everyone's like, what? But it's entertaining. Uh, <laughs> it's entertaining to no end. And I'm just that kind of person. <laughs> it's like, why did you name me this? Because I thought it was funny when yeah. I was under drugs. I don't know what to tell you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I would love to see more of you in your in your feed. Like I know you show some process, um, especially like with the iPad perspective, which I think is great. 
Um, but I would just like, especially like with your captions, I would love to hear like, like check in with me a little bit. Like, what are you doing? What's this project? Um, like, I just, I just want to see a little bit more of that perspective. Mm. Like you have like cute things like coffee break. Like what is she smiling about? Um, it's like show the process, but like, that's super cute. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, would, I just want a little, I'm just, I would just be curious if you explored your voice a little bit more. That's Interesting. All. I'm really happy to hear that. Cause I think that, you know, this is what 2020 was supposed to be about and it's, it's happening a lot slower than I planned when I started the thing, by the way, if I planned, you know what I mean? It was just that, the idea. <laughs> um, but yeah. But the thing is that I realized that my branding until now is I've always been behind the scenes because I'm behind a lot of these campaigns and visuals. Like I'm very much behind the scenes. And what I'm trying to do now is be in front of like in, in front of the scenes, you know, like by starting these mm-hmm. channels. And um, yeah. so I'm happy to hear that because that means that if you want that, hopefully others do too. And that's kind of where I'm trying to go as well. I think mm-hmm. filming yourself speaking to a camera in the beginning is very uncomfortable I good that this is what I love about you like you are so confident and I love it um but yeah hopefully a year after we do this podcast I'll have many videos <laughs> online and I'll be like wow I can't believe I said it was intimidating but <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's practice like anything else uh, yeah. I always like what got me comfortable was, was speaking on twitch and I would do like eight hour fucking long live streams yeah so you have to fill a lot of t- time and emptiness and like you're you're essentially just talking to yourself in a chat yeah. So like yeah people can feed the conversation which is nice but in the beginning when you have no fucking followers um Aww. it's very awkward <laughs> yeah. um and I think you just you kind of just throw shit out there and you become less uh you just stop caring a little bit what people think, I guess. And that's definitely got me in trouble a couple of times. Um, but I'm finding that again, it's just the, the compromise. And also I do think TikTok is such a good practice because it's such a low, no one really cares what you look like. You don't have to put makeup on. Plus their beauty filter is pretty good. Even so what do you do when you talk in TikTok? You're just like, so the key to talking into a camera in TikTok is, uh, sections. So never just try to be like, I'm going to do a one minute video of me talking. Do not do that. Don't okay. do that. So like, just get, just go in front of the camera, face it towards yourself and then think of what you're going to say and then do it in bursts. Like hold, hold down the button at one angle, talking about a thing. Stop. Think about what you're going to say next, do a different angle, hit the button, talk next, and just do that over and over again. And try not to edit yourself too much. Um, by like, cause you can, there's a lot of functionality within TikTok where you can like reshoot certain items or you can edit how long they go on and that kind of stuff. So you can get rid of any weird pauses or ahs and ums, mm-hmm. but, um, like that will just get you more comfortable and you have more of a time, like thinking about what you're going to say before you say it. And also TikTok is short form content performs the best. Mm-hmm. So if you just ha- want to get your point across in 10 seconds, like that's fucking fine. Cause like the majority of your watch time is always going to be less than your full time. So like if I do a minute video, the average watch time will be like, 40 or 50 seconds if i do one that's 10 seconds the average watch time will be seven seconds like no one's ever completing the full thing so it's just like you just have to make sure everything that you're saying is meaningful and that people get the point immediately of what you're trying to get across yeah i'm on your tiktok right now looking at you speaking to the camera (laughs) i love it i I guess i i was only posting art but like i'm happy to see what you're doing yeah you're you're kind you're giving advice also a lot yeah and like you, it's up to you like if you want to just give I don't I don't think that's like the the secret sauce to necessarily TikTok is like you have to be a uh, an educator um but like I would just love your life is fucking fascinating like regardless if you were an artist like 
you, you're, you're fucking you're traveling places you're doing things like i want to see the, the behind the scenes of that i think that's really mm -hmm. fast i think that's really cool um and i just would love to hear your thoughts on things or silly little jokes that come in to your head or like if you're making like a cute little uh cookie coming out of a coffee like like oh hey little cookie guy like oh, you find some coffee? <laughs> like i would fucking love that shit i gobble it up all goddamn day so it's just like I think that, you know, like there's there's fun little things you can try. And then through that, you'd find your voice just by sheer practice. It's, and don't worry about being cringy or like, you know, not getting the lighting perfect. It, that's not what's TikTok is not Instagram. TikTok does not care. Like some of my most viral videos I, I put no thought into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. At all. It's the ones that I spend like 30 minutes on that no one cares about. So it's like, okay. I <laughs> love right, your videos. You're so awesome. <laughs> like watching them right now. You're so awesome. Um, thanks. <laughs> I, I I think it's a fun platform. I think it's real. I think artists hearing this podcast, I think it's it's worth your time. I've mentioned this many times before, but maybe you're just like, you've mentioned it, but I don't feel comfortable. Just fucking do it. You will get comfortable. It's not about if we did every single fucking thing that because it felt comfortable we wouldn't do anything like just yeah. try it see if you like it but the, and if you don't I'm like it you now, have to keep doing it like with your body weight why are you so obsessed with your body weight like i love this it has actually nothing to do with i mean i guess it does because you do a lot of body positivity but like i like that it's you and it's not just about what you're drawing because like i do think how, that's amazing it makes me love you even more Oh, that's nice. See, yeah. it works, right? Yeah, it does. <laughs> it's, it, it, I love it's it. It's good brand recognition. Like, there's other parts of it that are, you know, helpful. And it, and also, like, I I feel like I'm closer to people online than I am in real life. So it's just, like, making that stronger of a connection with people I think is really valuable. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about so many things in this podcast. <laughs> my, my God. Hopefully All right. whoever listens to it is still on right now listening. I'm curious. I don't, they maybe have like fast forward through it because we're almost at two hours, but there's like three more questions that I want to fucking ask you. Okay. Let's and go through it. And two of them are like really big questions. So okay. it's just like, oh God. I can give what, bullet point answers. What have we done? Okay. Um, <laughs> pricing. Whew. Whew. All right, okay. let's just get into it. Pricing, 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 okay, so pricing, pricing. Okay, pri your personal favorite way to price. My personal favorite way to price is per project. Like, I think hourly was very hard for me because I, I guess everything, like, everything should be very personal to your branding. For me, per project is a lot better. I also, my agent manages my pricing, so he'll give me the brief and he'll, like, negotiate on my behalf. But, oh, um, yeah, in general, I like to do it for projects. I feel like with the whole hourly thing, I get really confused and I get kind of like, you know, I just, I don't really know off the top of my head, like how to work with that. So I'll just like, depending mm -hmm. on the project, whatever the needs are of the project, we'll go through it. Like, is it, you know, white, is it full color? Is it, you know, for a billboard? Is it for TV, a commercial? Like what, what is the scope? And then you know, will my agent usually is the one that's like going to determine the pricing for that. Mm -hmm. That makes sense because of your background, because yeah. you, you have a little bit of like, and I think that's how most people, I would assume most people would do it in the industry. Um, but that's also like an, a, a, such a non-answer for people who don't have that experience. So oh, like, yeah. is there, is there any way you'd feel comfortable like giving me an example of a project well, and then what you priced and how you came to that decision? So here's my best advice because okay. th this is, this is what I struggled with and I didn't mm -hmm. know. Remember with the whole J vault and thing, like, what do you price it? Is it a hundred dollars or is it $2,000? Like I didn't know, is it 50 bucks to do it for free for exposure? Like I didn't know. So mm -hmm. my best advice is because it varies 
per project, per usage, per how much work it will be for you, per like, you know, how long has it taken you to develop this? Like there's so many different factors that like there is not one answer that suits all. Like everything is very individual. Yeah, of course. But my biggest answer is start with something. So for instance, I remember my, I used to charge when I first started, I think it was like $100 or $200 for an image. And mm-hmm. um, I actually think I even did stuff for like $50 an image back in the day. But like as I got more comfortable and as I learned more and then someone threw me another number of like, oh, this is our budget and I understood how much more it's worth or, you know, how many mm. more elements I had to add to it. So the goal is, and I think this is also in all fields that you start out with, start with a price and then go up, you know, because you can't, it's a lot harder to go down when you say something, but it's a lot easier to go up. And as you, mm-hmm. you know, let's start out with $100, okay? You got some experience, you're better now. Now you can, you know, move to 150 then you can move to 200 then maybe... They're going to want 10 pieces. Then you can build a retainer. You know, there's so many different options, mm-hmm. but my best advice is how much do you feel that you're worth? Like, is it uh, $20 an hour? Is it $100 an hour? You have to like figure it out for yourself. How long will it take you? And then as you get more comfortable and gain more experience, you start to increase your uh, pricing. Yeah. And it definitely should increase. Absolutely. Every year. Always, always. Like, um, I always think it's interesting, especially when people have like repeat this is a question I get a lot from like my coaching students. Like, oh, I, I worked with the same client last year. How do I let them know my prices have increased? I'm like, you 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 tell them that your your pri- your prices have increased. Like, I, I I always feel really odd giving them that. Like, you just you just be polite. Like, hey, as a heads up, my pricing has increased to this. Whether it's totally. a project fee or you know you do it hourly, whatever. Um, because you can gain a lot of fucking experience in a year. Like, I always say like. Uh, my business has blown up in the last year. So like yeah. a year, a lot of shit can happen. Um, I went from just drawing black and white type to drawing full on naked women. Like I went like, how did that happen? Like, yeah. it's just like you, you put yourself out there, you're doing something consistently and you can grow in a really short amount of time, especially if you're really consistent with it. So it makes sense that you, that your price would increase. Of I think course. a lot of people in the beginning, they like the idea of hourly because they can calculate it. Right. They're like, oh, I think. And then also you can compare it to something like, hey, if you work in Seattle at Starbucks, you make $15 an hour. So I always say, like, that's a starting point. Like, hey, the, this other person, this other job is making $15 an hour. I think I'm worth $15 an hour, too. Exactly. Um, and then going up from there. Like, I just think when it gets to the point where you're working on, like, especially when we're talking fine art, mm-hmm. you're working like fucking 30 hours in a painting. Oh, yeah. And you're not charging hourly and you're then you end up making like 10 cents or some oh, yeah. crazy oh, yeah. shit like that. It's so just like you got to be really careful, especially like in high school when you first get started. And because of social media, I feel like people that are so much younger than we are are already doing client work. Mm-hmm. But they're not mm-hmm. knowing how to charge because of it, because they see the expo, they get the exposure like anyone like me or you could get, but yeah. they don't have the experience or really. I mean, I, I feel like I just understood how money worked very recently. So like, yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't know what it meant ago, when I was sixteen. Which is, I'm, yeah. I'm thirty, and I only learned at the age of twenty-eight, like you know, the value <laughs> of my work. It took me time to learn that, and I think it's something yeah. that everybody goes through as you as you progress through your career. Mm-hmm. I just think things to keep in mind. It's just like, just like if you're going to do a mural, right? Mm-hmm. And you're, and this is, I've gotten a lot of controversy off of this uh, point of view, but I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective is, so if you're doing a mural, you would have no problem charging for the paint that you bought for that mural, the ladder that you had to rent, the lift that you had to rent, right? Mm-hmm. So why do you feel awkward, including your expenses to do your job digitally? Yeah, I agree. I like you're paying agree. for the Adobe suite. <laughs> 
Like if you had to buy brushes, buy fonts, buy stock images, like why don't you feel comfortable charging for those and including that in your pricing? You're talking about people that are doing work for exposure, right? Uh, just people who are doing any sort, like if you're doing digital work, why aren't you charging for your expenses? Like if you were doing fine art, traditional work. I agree. I a hundred percent agree. And you know what? Like there are a lot of people that think, and I don't want to prolong this because I know that whoever's listening probably wants to kill us, but like, I do know but that, like, pro- if it's good information, they don't I, care. Yeah. So <laughs> basically like, um, some people have had the audacity in the past and not anymore. Cause I feel like, um, people who hire me know what I'm worth and like they, you know, it's different now, but in the beginning they'd be like, all you're going to do is like a doodle on the photo. Like no <laughs> one would ever assholes. say that to me today. But when I started, there was a lot of this like lack of knowledge and respect. And, yeah. and I would have to explain to them in order to do this, I had to, you know, work like a thousand different jobs, learn photography, understand marketing and business, be a fashion designer. Like th- there are so many different elements that have led me to here and like years of art school, years of practice, years of like, you know, that's a lot more that you're paying for like, with my knowledge and experience and understanding and branding than just doodling on an image. It's not how simple yeah. it is. And also, why aren't you doing it? Yeah, exactly. If it's so easy, why the fuck are it's you hiring me to do it? I've I was, ever it's just heard. like, the, yeah, it's just the biggest way. And also, I don't know, pff, illustrators, it's hard as fuck to draw clothes. Oh my God. I have such a hard time <laughs> drawing fucking clothes. Thing in the world. And like, oh my God, can you make a course? Like, I do not. Uh, like, I really want to, by the way. I please. really want to. Because like, there's nothing that gives I me more endorphins than drawing folds and fabric and explaining Oh my God, I need help. I don't understand how Honestly, to do it. And then I do it and it looks really garbagey. I hate it. I, I would love to teach this. Love to. I, nice. I really am planning on, like, this 2020 goals was to start this. And I hope by yeah. the end of the year it will happen. Yeah, I, I'm excited. Um, I'm also down if you, I mean, you don't have to, I'm not saying like, give me a free course, but like if you wanted me to like beta test it and like go through that. the course 100%. and like give you a review, like I'm fucking totally down to do that because uh-huh. I also really need this course. Yes, I, I'm more than happy to. That would be amazing. And I'm also a really hard critic. So good. Like, That's what I need. Cool. Yeah. Um. So when it com- so coming back to pricing, um, I think there's no wrong way to price as long as you feel valued. And if you're sending a fucking price and you're like oh you get you, there's just something in your gut telling you that it's too low it's too low mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now too high uh, i do a thing where like i give them three pricing options and mm-hmm. I, I i've gotten to the point where it's three pricing options for design fee and then three pricing options for usage rights mm-hmm. so that way it's more of like a uh, should i hire you like which one should you hire me versus should you hire me in the first place because that way it's like I, whatever they ask for that's the middle ground right mm-hmm. you give them a little less from what they ask for like whatever they just need and they don't necessarily need the bells and whistles that's less and then you give them an add-on whether it's like you know, full, like in perpetuity, ex- like exclusive usage rights, or you're going to like, maybe they only ask for type, but maybe you want to give them an illustration or you want to give them more concepts or more revisions. Like that's always worked for me. And then honestly, the majority of the time people go for the highest tier because they didn't know that they, that was even an option. And I think it's good to be clear in advance about these things. Yeah. And that's like, and I repeat myself. So like, here's the process. This is what you get. And then they pick one and then I send them a proposal and contract that repeats all that shit again, plus more stuff that they sign. So it's like, Hey, you can't tell me that you didn't fucking know that this was a thing. (laughs) Like you read it twice. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, when you, so I'm curious, uh, and I don't know what your time is like, so we could totally like wrap up, but, um, what, so someone's like, I I, I have about 15 more minutes because I got, I have a dinner plans in a bit. Okay. Uh, 
okay, let's do it. I'll try to um, give fast, uh, useful answers. Okay, okay. So, okay. Um, what does your pricing like proposal look like? Like when someone's asking for pricing, you're before they've hired you. Like, what kind of information do you give them? Um, wow, that's a good question. What information do I give them when they're pricing? I have to think about that because I haven't managed this for a really long time. Do you have copies when your when your agent sends that stuff? No, uh, but I do have really? like we do discuss and I tell him yes or no to what I'm okay with, and I do have to remind oh. him of certain things of like okay. don't forget that if they want me to create a behind the scenes video, like that's extra money because it's extra work. Like, cause he'll forget those things. Yeah, like that's another thing. Yeah. I don't think, and like, you don't have to have a huge audience for them to want that. Yeah. Like I started charging extra for advertising on my own feed about a project I worked on when I had like 10,000 followers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's extra work, especially like, cause I always want to like show off the, pro- especially if it's a project I'm really excited about and I want to show it off. I'm regardless going to show like a static image, but for me to showcase the process to, to edit that video down mm-hmm. or to make a TikTok about it nowadays, like that is additional work and you should be charging for it. And Absolutely. it's an extra benefit to them, especially since, I mean, nowadays the majority of the clients that I work with, I still have a larger following than them. Yeah. So they're like, Ooh, especially if it's a product, yeah. like, Hey, like you just got initial sales because of me on top of the fact that it's, you know, hopefully a good design that you paid me money for. Um, Absolutely. There's there's so many other add-ons and things that you could be adding. always add-ons, always. And I I guess for me, remind me of the questions. I'm trying to like outline it in my head right now. Okay. Uh, What what does that look like? Like the proposal that is sent to the client of like, how how are you talking about your pricing? Like what's included? Like what does that look like? Okay. So like how I'm talking about my pricing is first of all, like where will it be used? Is it just for social media? Are you, you know, is this going to be a a worldwide ad campaign? Sometimes it will be just in like, you know, the United States. Sometimes it will be worldwide. Um, Is it, you know, uh, are they buying out the rights? Are they, you know, stripping me of my own, uh, my, my, um, ownership of this project are they using my name or are they not using my name like there are so many different um elements that that um are involved when it comes to pricing um do yeah. they want flat art or do they want it like fully rendered is it an animation project like there's so many different things that uh we have to go through with the brief and be mm-hmm. very clear about um and then it is like it's very much like relevant so some people have hired me just for like my white art illustration some have hired me to do like actual animation some have hired me to do like photography and full creative direction which is a huge project for me or just yeah so it's just like it varies and I think when it when you are an artist and I think that I, I don't know what levels whoever's listening to this is but and I think it's something that you learn as you grow but just like pay attention to what the client wants and like read the brief very thoroughly because like I remember when I started um I did a project and she initially wanted white line art and then she and, and I understood it was for digital usage but later and I, and I remember I was insecure about telling her this because it was the beginning and I didn't know my value I saw in the in the in the PO like this is already after we closed all of the details and went through the negotiations and all of the uncomfortable stuff it was uh, that she wanted it for billboards and like all, usage all over and like basically she wasn't planning on it but she wanted to know that she had the option to do it and I ended up mm-hmm. signing on it but I remember it made me feel so bad about myself that she took advantage of me and then later 
you know, as, as we were progressing, she like wanted it to be color and that wasn't discussed in advance. Oh my and God. those are things you have to charge more <laughs> That's for. That's a it. huge difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. And it's, a, but those are things that like now, you know, that I like make very clear that me and my agent, we talk about before we close projects. And I think that mm-hmm. you have to, as an artist, be very clear from like point A to Z, what you are doing before signing a contract and, you know, and even if it's like smaller scale things, just making a personal illustration for somebody, just be clear what, what is their incentive? What do they want? Um, because you could be in deep shit later and it's more about like your ego more than anything. Cause that's what happened to me. So my mm-hmm. ego was hurt. Like that I didn't see it sooner and they kind of like slid their way through that. Yeah. And also, like, especially when working with bigger companies, they're going to send you a contract. You're not sending them a contract. Mm, I hate that shit. There's, a, there's two <laughs> things you can do that a lot of people don't do. One, you can ask them to explain what things mean. Uh-huh. Like, do Great not advice. think that you just have to pretend that you know how to be a lawyer. Because some of that, it's dense as fuck. And also, I've actually, like, straight up Googled things and then had three different interpretations of what that sentence meant. So I'm like, no, you need to tell me what this means. Or you need to change up this wording because this isn't conclusive to me. Absolutely. And also, you can make changes. You can ask, you can request things. And it'll happen more often than not, even though you ask for specific things, like let's say accreditation, for example. Like you have to accreditate me. You have to, it has to, and I'm like specific. Like when you're sharing it on social media, you have to tag Lettershop. Or when it's used in a publication or in print or in web, I need a link to lettershop.com. It's required. And when they'll say with accreditation, but they don't stipulate exactly how I want to be accredited, I need you to update that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like what will happen is you'll ask for something and then they'll, they'll still give you the boilerplate fucking template of their to contract. It's like, no, you, we agreed on this. Like, yeah. can you please add it and just be kind. It's always usually an oversight. And I always just try to pretend like, even if they are trying to be dicks, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, don't forget, like what we included, I really appreciate you can add that. And it's okay if it goes back and forth a couple times, because if roles were reversed, and you were sending them a contract, of course you wouldn't have any problem with them being like, well, can you clarify this, blah, 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 because you want to have a good working relationship with them. Agreed. It works both ways. That's amazing yeah. advice. I hope that whoever heard that like writes that down because that's great advice. I, I seriously didn't do that for so long. I'd just be like, okay, yeah. sign, sign, sign. Well, I have, a, uh, I have a lawyer, so I just throw him everything. But like, yeah. I could actually save that money and ask the client of what is that, you know? But uh, I've had meetings where I'm like, hey, I'm gonna, can we go over this line item by line item? Yeah, wonderful. And and, and tell me what it is. And they'll, they'll, they'll have their person on deck and tell me, especially when it's like a lot of money. It's amazing advice. Money. Amazing and I'm just advice. like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you are not a fucking lawyer. Like, yeah. they don't expect you to be a lawyer. Like, yeah. you're an artist. So, of course, they're not going to be, like, shocked. Especially, like, and most people are you're nicer nowadays. Like, they try to make it, like, readable uh, to a person to read, who, who graduated high school or went to college. Yeah. Like, just, you know. But some stuff, uh, like, when I worked with Amazon, I had to do that. I'd be like, I need, can, can we make some time tomorrow? Good and for, you. for you to go over this with me because I don't know what this means. <laughs> and they're like, okay, that's fine. And they were super nice about it. So it's just like, it's great advice. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. All right. We should wrap up the episode because we're about to hit two hours on the dot. <laughs> uh, before we leave and you go out to your, your, uh, super cute dinner um because you're cute so i'm just assuming everything you do is cute oh, I love um, it. <laughs> with your cute dinner and your cute boyfriend and your cute life um that uh is there any th- way that we can help promote you is there anything going on with you right now uh, that's amazing i mean i just started a youtube channel like this year so 
I would love it if people followed it, the channel. And you know, you've inspired me into wanting to do more and expand that. So I'm on YouTube, I'm on TikTok, uh, Instagram, um, and hopefully, like whoever is listening to this and does choose to follow me, will get to see this journey of like what 2020 is. Yeah. You know, what, what my vision of is of how I'm evolving. Yeah, and that's Donna underscore Adi A D I. Correct. And that's the same for. TikTok and YouTube as well? Yeah, it's all it's pretty consistent. TikTok should be Donna okay, cool, ID, cool. but I, I have to change it back. I, it's like I I deleted an account and then I lost the Donna ID, so now it's Donna ID art <laughs> until I can get that Donna ID back. I don't know who took it, but I'll figure it out. Bastard. <laughs> that, I'm gonna try right? to sell it back to you or some shit like that. <laughs> I hate people so much. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I literally just change the name and then it's gone. So I have to figure that one out. But right now it's Donna D art and hopefully I will switch it back to Donna ID in the next few days. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. thanks so much for your fucking time. Thank you. Um, You're amazing. I just, enjoyed this conversation. And just, yeah, I just as a reminder, like stay tuned for a little bit after we say goodbye yes. to everyone so we can make sure we get the download. Okay, um, okay. And guys, as a reminder, the best way that you can support Women of Illustration is just to tell people about Women of Illustration. Be like, hey, we have an Instagram. We post a shit ton of artists on there every single week. Definitely share the art so that way they can give these artists even more exposure. Um, listen to the podcast. Leave us a positive review on iTunes. And um, we have more episodes coming soon. I hope you guys enjoy them. And of course, we do have a Patreon as well if you would like to get early access to our weekly prompts to get featured even faster. And that's pretty much it. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you later. Bye! Mm-hmm.